The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Roddy Cat, and you can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter, and you can find me at uh, CB Caps on Instagram. Columbia down the way. And sound effects that you have heard come from none other than uh, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Okay. <laughs> ah, you gotta love it. Like the bevy of uh, sound effects. <laughs> the 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 baby baby shout outs for your town. Anywho, um <laughs> Oh, actually on that note, um I guess we'll go ahead and get this out of the way. You know, it's it's uh kind of a slightly sad note, but uh, a couple of days ago from this recording was March 9th, which was yes. uh the uh sadly the 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 death of one uh Biggie Smalls aka notorious big B I G aka Biggie uh, so, you know, hey, hey, Christopher Wallace, Christopher Wallace, uh, exactly. So, you know, some it's you know, if um, as as sad of a moment as I guess you 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 know you 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 uh do which and at a young age too because I think it was what twenty four. Yep, he was um, only twenty four. I remember where I was when I heard that news. I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. So you know, we uh we we uh we appreciate the hip hop arts over over here. I mean, so you know, um. Continue to rest in peace to the man's and, you know, celebrate his music, even though some of it is kind of problematic. But, you know, hey, at this point. It was of its time. It was very much of its time and actually still is. But, you know, like I said. Right. Uh, and then I was about to say, some of it is, so, you know, what's funny is that some of it is of its time and some of it is evergreen, which is wild. You oh, know, for you sure. still hear people bumping it everywhere. And, um, uh, you know, sporting events, there's a couple of songs that are just mainstays, so. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed, indeed. So, you know, I wanted to go ahead and get that out of the way while I was thinking about it, and uh, now we get on to the rest of this, uh, the, well, this intros. In that, you can find this here program on the Coles of the Podcast Network, a, uh, a.k.a. the CSPN.us. Do it today. <laughs> You can also find us on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, uh, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. 
And uh, folks, we are going to get into some comic books because, you know, that's kind of the name of this program. Go figure. Um, And with that, we are going to start off with uh, our first book of the week in Taskmaster number four. Ah, Taskmaster number four is brought to you by writer Jed McKay, artist Alessandro Vitti, colors by Guru EFX, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. So this is the fourth issue of this story, of this limited issue, uh, uh, limited series story titled The Rubicon Trigger. And, uh, you know, without spoiling too much, uh, obviously, we are four issues in, so there's a, you know, it's a little less, uh, you know, uh, people should be a little bit aware of what's going on here. But in very broad strokes, uh, Taskmaster has been accused of a murder that he claims to not have committed, and he is not uh, happy about what he has been tasked with in order to try to clear his name. Uh, that is a play on his name, Taskmaster, and being tasked, but whatever. Exactly. I, I, I was going to circle back to the uh, um, the drum roll and, and whatnot, but, uh, you know, you got that. Um, but, yeah, we have here the fourth issue of uh, the book, and we have Taskmaster's latest attempt at um, not necessarily a fetch quest, but close, because what he's doing is looking to acquire these kinesic signatures of certain heroes from around the world in order to um deal with the uh you know deal with the uh the the the, the mechanism that's uh, uh, apparently supposed to help clear him you know without i'm leaving it super vague so that folks can actually read this because it's a lot of fun right but this this mission leads him to wakanda and leads him to uh, direct conflict with uh, one General Okoye, who um, has garnered lots of uh, fame now that she is a featured player in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is true. This is true. And yeah, um, definitely, like uh, Agent Seven said, this uh, this uh, this book is is definitely a lot of fun. Um, so this it, and. While I guess while he's at this, uh, Taskmaster kind of, as a agent seven, kind of alluded to, does definitely have some thoughts about what's going on with him and everybody involved in in um, who's actually doing what and why all this is happening. So I assume, um, which surprisingly enough, we have not gotten uh, any other any other um, notation on who might be behind this. Um. Or whether anyone else is behind it outside of people that we know that are involved, because there was, because obviously all of this, well, not obviously, but a lot. This one thing started um, because of a certain, uh, without giving too much away on that part, w- was done. There was an event that happened with with uh, a a person, and that's uh, involved. Well, that uh, Taskmaster is framed with dealing with and putting him into the purview of. Uh, one Nick Fury, right? Uh, and that, and they, and Task is like, yeah, we're all kind of getting played, and, and it doesn't like it, and I don't know why. So, but he still hadn't really done any detective work on figuring out how or why. 
um, or not how, who most specifically, or why this is going on, you know, which almost leads me to believe that there's a little bit of, um, you know, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say smoke and mirrors, but that's probably the closest thing I got right now because it's like, you know, this, it does seem weird that we haven't really seen anyone kind of come forth. Because normally in a miniseries such as this, we would have kind of seen a person at least get shown. Right, some form of reveal, because this is the penultimate issue. Right. And so far, we have only gotten the same group of players uh, in this game. Minus one that we've only heard about. Um, <laughs> that that's that's uh, that that's in this. So I kind of want to lead me to believe it's like, well, wait a minute. It, I don't know. This is kind of weird. Unless they somehow um, uh, are extending this book, which I don't think we've seen or heard anything about. Right. I don't believe there's any word out there on that. And the end of this book does say to be concluded. Right. Although, obviously, that doesn't mean that the, 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 the series might not last beyond the story arc. But I think it's implied that it's going to wrap um in the next issue right. as it was advertised to do so um there's a, a few notes i wanted to make one people really should read this um, it's a lot of fun it's interesting to read this uh something that i described just before the show started was a super powered adventure from uh, uh, a more uh, a less super heroic point of view. It's definitely a little bit like Deadpool, but without the fourth wall. Oh God! <laughs> you know, definitely without the fourth wall because we're definitely seeing the commentary from maybe not the brightest bulb in the pack, but definitely someone who knows what they're doing and is well trained. Right. And that is Tony Masters to a T. That is t uh, Taskmaster. Uh, a few things. It was interesting to hear his inner monologue, not in thought bubbles, but in narration um, throughout the story. And, mm -hmm. you know, that, that was uh, that was cool to see and not see those in thought bubbles. It's definitely something that is outmoded and outdated, you know, having thought bubbles, especially when you're going back into reading old comics like we have been over the last year. Right. So I've seen more thought bubbles than I've seen in ages over the past year and change. Right. And seeing the narration being played out this way is so much more modern and so much more, uh, it lends itself so much more to the story. But to hear and him... space given within panels. What's that? I said, and I would imagine at some point the space given within panels, because that means you can kind of do a little bit more with it, with the, you know, right. with the decrease in thought bubbles. Right, 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 right. So... Uh, you know, uh, in, in terms of just a, a couple of notes I wanted to make, because like 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 we've been stressing, we really want people to read this miniseries. Um, a, a few things jumped out at me. One was the Taskmaster's thoughts on taking out the Hatut Zarazi, <laughs> which yeah. made me laugh uh, because he's got very good points. He makes some very, very good points here because he's not exactly the same he's not strictly on a human level right and what makes what made me laugh and this is a mild 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 spoiler but he essentially makes makes them out to be 
and he and I'm going to quote here there or the, as uh, in as he's referring to the Hatut Zarazi, they're loyal, well trained, but ultimately they're henchmen, henchmen. and I know henchmen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at that. I really, really did. Yeah, I mean, and and uh, upon thinking about it, I was like, yeah, he's kind of right, you know, like yeah, there, like you said, this, his points were made, you know. <laughs> So, so it was it was very very entertaining. I definitely recommend this series. This is depending on how they hopefully they do stick the landing in the next issue. One would hope. But I think overall this is this this is shaping up to be something that I might actually track down in trade because I do regret not getting the all the books. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last issue is he has got only a little bit of an elevated price because it's the first appearance of Teguki, the, the, the one of the Korean superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, and, and unfortunately, first appearances now are so much harder to get, even for relatively minor stories, uh, minor characters, that is. Right. But, um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to pick up the trade of this because this is something I might want to pass on to someone and say, hey, read this. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And... I dare say it shouldn't be that much of a surprise, given like you know, like Agent Seventy said, we were when he was giving out the uh, creative team of this. You know, we also like Jed McKay's writing because of another um, not heroic person that he's writing right now in in um, Black Cat. So it's a kind of a similar type of fun. If you've heard us talk about Black Cat, it's a similar but different kind of fun uh, with with Taskmaster than than Black Cat. Like you can kind of see a couple of beats here and there that are similar, but not, but you know, not so much that it's like he's just doing from both of these from the same page, from the same right. from the same script rather. So right. obviously, Black Cat is much more of a character study because she has much more depth to her as a character. Taskmaster, not so much, right. but we still have gotten as much of a character study here than we have ever gotten in any other book, or that we're probably going to get for a while. Right. <laughs> So yeah. That being said, though, um, unless you got something else uh, come, coming out of this, we can move on. Uh, no, really, I just want to stress. You know, there's another bit of uh, inner monologuing slash narration where uh, Taskmaster says, uh, "I hurt people for money, and you know what they say: choose a job you love, and you never have to work a day in your life." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my god. And again, he's he's not wrong, you know. <laughs> so so funny. You know, as as slighted, slightly misguiding uh, I got it coming from him as that is, it's it's it's, it's still so true statement. <laughs> right. You know, especially given the context where he, in, in in which he was saying it. Um but yeah. It is good stuff. It is good stuff. I should probably find a way to put the books up here um but that's that's another thing for another time anyway next up uh let's see much next do we want to go ahead and do non-stop sure all right non-stop spider-man number one somebody was waiting for this book and i'm not saying <laughs> that is being trying to derisive of it but you know um it's a new Spidey book, and it's it's a uh, it's amusing to say the least. But before we get into all of that, we got a creative team of 
Oh, you want me to do it? Okay. Yeah, go for it. Uh, it's written by Joe Kelly. Uh, Joe Kelly is back on Spider-Man. Uh, pencils by Chris Bacciolo or Bacalo. There is a backup story with art by Dale Eaglesham. Let, let, letters are by Tim Townsend. Uh, colors by Marcio Meniz. Uh, no, actually, wait, hold on. It's inks by Tim Townsend. Wait, I thought it was letters. I thought he did letters. No, I think that's inks. But it's okay. Because, you know, uh, I'm going to just scroll through and this will help me take care of the recap. So, um, for anyone who is, um, you know, especially since uh, the pandemic has locked us into our homes for the better part of a year. Uh, anyone who's familiar with uh, the Hamilton musical and or soundtrack probably had um, the man is nonstop uh, running through your head while you were reading this and um, and, and even looking at the, the, the title of the book. Um, I'm just looking for the credits page just to confirm. No, it's uh, you were right. It's Tim Townsend was on Inks. Right, I'm just familiar. I'm familiar with his name. I'm like, no, he's he's Bacalo's almost normal inker. Mm -hmm. So that's why I just I figured it was um, a typo where a lowercase l turned into an i, you know, Uh, or or vice versa. You know, like when it got cat when it got placed into capitals. But in any event, it was definitely a typo. um, (laughs) Yes, yes. In any event, this is the first issue of a brand new uh, series. Uh, for Spider-Man that is kind of in the vein of Spectacular Spider-Man and the Sensational Spider-Man, which is, uh, it's uh, maybe not, secondary is not the right word for it, but it's definitely uh, a companion book to Amazing Spider-Man, which is which seems to be where a lot of the main uh, thrust of the Spider-Man story is. But uh, the hope is that these uh, companion books have fun and engaging stories and i actually enjoyed this story uh it's a lot of fun and if you've heard me make comments on books over the last several years fun has become very much an important part of my enjoyment with comics because we're still you know we're obviously still dealing with tough times uh and, and and with some luck we're slowly moving out of it but uh you know, it might be a sign of age, I'll be honest, but having a fun comic book is uh, important to, uh, to me, especially with a number one, especially with a number one issue, and especially with a character like Spider-Man. So we open with um, uh, uh, an action sequence that is engaging, definitely lends itself to the art style of Chris Bocciolo or Bacal, or I think it's Bacalo to be honest. I've heard it. I've heard it uh, said as Bacalo, but, yeah. but I've always said Bacalo, mm-hmm. and he uh, he shines in this because he gets a chance to just lay out, and 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 his layout here is crisp. It's not dark or murky the way he, his art can be, but it's super crisp. Uh, it does get a little cluttered in certain parts because of the action that's happening, but in general, I can't say exclude, I can't say absolutely, but in general, it's relatively easy to follow. 
you can see what's happening. And what's happening in this is uh, Spidey dealing with some erstwhile, apparently, drug dealers uh, uh, who have uh, obtained some advanced level of technology and weaponry and they are putting that to the test and going after spidey and we get some flashbacks here into why spidey finds himself in this predicament in the first place and we find out that it has something to do with his uh, current ta position over empire state university as he's trying to actually re-earn his doctorate that dr octopus earned for him back in the day um, during the superior Spider-Man days. So, um, you know, that being said, that's where this story uh, gets, uh, uh, you know, gets its uh, background. He's, uh, he's dealing with uh, the lives of students as their teaching assistant, and that gets him into this mess. Right. So, uh without belaboring this too much any further, if you know of movies like, oh, I don't know, Crank, maybe a little bit of Dash of Speed. Oh, Speed is cited by the author. Yes, and well, so is Crank, but um, but it's kind of more Crank than Speed. Definitely. Uh, then you will kind of get the gist of how this uh, how this issue goes in a way. Um, which is kind of weird. Uh, and but but it, it kind of works. I mean, and, and I guess if you're gonna have a, a title called Nonstop Spider Man, I guess that, that kind of told the tale right off the bat. You didn't think it would be that actual, um, because it kind of sort of is. But the only other thing I would have to say about this this issue is that there is some interesting choices of um of um voice for spidey and another character from the backup story that is was that i found weirdly jarring <laughs> okay yes because there is some modern lingo that is being used by both spidey and this other character which we'll get to in a second um uh, that seems kind of unbecoming to either one of them um, that's pretty much that. And I don't, doesn't, that, and there's a couple of references there. There's a couple of references to recent, uh, recent things. That's also kind of interesting to see, but not the saying that references in themselves in, in comic books, uh, for, you know, um, pop culture touchstones, let's say, uh, are, are not, uh, things that don't happen in comic books. You know, th th it happens all the time. So that's, that's, that part was, was amusing but it was just the, the language that was used uh like uh let's say drip was being <laughs> used by a character who would probably wouldn't even know such a word much less say it well there is the internet come on did you really think he would you know this character would would even care about that <laughs> listen um we know that uh uh, the internet has, you know, and, and different ways that the internet has influenced our culture, you know, to, to, to good and both and bad ends mm -hmm. um, shows up in Spidey books, you know, especially in this week's Amazing, which right. we may as well get to next. Oh, but, we totally will. 
But I, why, why on earth would you not uh, think that if this character is indeed the character we think it is? I have no reason to believe that it wouldn't be. Right. Is if there a reason to? If it is who we think it is, why wouldn't they uh, pick up some of the slang? Obviously, it's misplaced. Because, it it's, misplaced. Because, because right. it's the character that we see it is. That's why. Just, I got a kick out of it. I definitely understood that it felt weird, but I got a kick out of it because I just thought it was silly. But also, I think it's also uh, uh, a, a, a way to modernize the character in a weird way, but a way to modernize the character in advance of some um, other media this car- this character might show up in. Correct. Yeah, and that, and that part, yeah, that part was like, yeah, we know this character is about to show up somewhere in 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 probably less than a week, or well, probably in another week or two, actually. Right. Um. Right. But still, like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> also, I will I will give this one right. Spidey says, and I quote, your threads slap. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> With no sense of irony in it. Just, just like, okay, no, no, what are you doing? But I was gonna like, say I was gonna say Marvel definitely has a tradition of trying to slide in hip and 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 current slang to try to stay current, especially recently. And, yeah, right. And uh, Casey does um, does Silly. joke that he may be old in the um, what what is uh, the substitute for a letters column in the first in a first issue mm-hmm. in I guess the note from the writer, you know, because he you know we were joking earlier about referencing both crank and speed and speed is obviously a fairly old movie for some people because it may predate readers of this book by several years predate their existence even Mm -hmm. you know funny you mentioned casey as in uh joe casey which is this this book was uh, done by joe kelly but um kelly i'm sorry right but no that you mentioned casey i could actually probably see him writing this book kind of um so it, it's kind of it's kind of interesting that you actually said that right who has written spider-man before if you uh, uh and and other things who has uh claimed to have quote-unquote cracked the spider-man code I, I remember him saying that a while back ah you know what in my mind i read it as casey because mm-hmm. i remember casey as being one of the uh several groups of writers on spidey before is this joe kelly's first spidey book or I, am i not, just misremembering i'm not sure actually um that's that uh, to that's, the internets uh, to the internets everybody i know right i want to say it's probably not but i don't know who's, who's to say at this point i'm just curious yeah yeah i definitely mistook him for joe casey in my mind when honestly I, read this. I saw the name i still did <laughs> so I, I i get it because even reading the book, it was like, yeah, like I, I could kind of see Joe Casey writing this. That's funny. So we apologize, Joe Kelly. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, but that being said, um, so there is a backup story in here that that involves a character who, um, as we said, is probably going to show up in another media uh, uh, very soon. Who, as the letters page says, uh, is potentially the, the big bad here. From what it sounds like, right. Um, but also another character shows up, which is that the character from from Secret Empire? I don't believe so. Okay, 
Because if I'm not mistaken, that character's still in jail. I was okay. looking at your notes when I was going through when we were setting up uh, the show. Right. And I also know that this character also shows up in uh, Old Man Logan Future, which, I, if I'm not mistaken, is technically supposed to be the, the 616 Future at this point. I'm not even sure. But, you know, because um, it is an alternate future, but I believe it might be the one. Mm. It's kind of hard to say at this point. Uh, so that's why I was like, oh, wait. him showing up here doesn't mean that that could happen if it's, if it's an alternate uh alternate timeline right i really liked one of the lines here um without spoiling too too much uh uh you know and i'm paraphrasing here what is the true purpose of hydra and the answers (laughs) that the character gets are pretty funny right but also actually and i I enjoyed that actually because it was like like y'all don't even know in it you you, he basically says like you all join this thing and don't even know what it's even about like what's what are you even doing so i'm like you know what that's actually probably how a lot of uh folks in this universe have gotten into where they are henchman wise (laughs) exactly exactly all right joe kelly what have you written so it is a uh, it's, it's kind of amusing, but regardless, I mean, so while he's looking at that, this the bit of jarring dialogue aside, it is definitely fun. Like uh, Agent Center has been saying, and you, you know, for a kind of breezy Spider-Man book, which that's not to say that his other ones have not been or, or could not be. I mean, whatever's going on in um, Amazing right now is taking a turn from what we've seen in recent issues. But, um, <clears throat> or I guess, I don't know, going back to, to, to status quo, we, we're still not really sure what's going on in Nav's lane. They just turned that corner real quick. But we'll get to that in a second. But uh, Nonstop Spider-Man is, is very much, it's kind of a fun read. Like I said, I don't know if this if this uh, tendency towards the the uh, the the uh, vernacular is, is going to keep going like this. I don't know I'm going to have to deal with it, but it's... Mm-hmm. weird and amusing <laughs> and I'm not sure if I like it or not especially coming from this other character yeah no Kelly does have a, a significant run on uh, Spidey he was one of the uh, 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 the, the writers who was kind of rotating in and out of amazing okay because he wrote he, he wrote um, the gauntlet uh, if you remember that he wrote some of the grim hunt stuff Okay, that one I kind of remember, but I don't remember the gauntlet. Some of it. Mm-hmm. Some of it. So. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, he's definitely not a stranger to Spidey. So, but yeah, I think he, uh, I think that there are definitely some instances here where uh, he was trying to put in some, some, some current slang and maybe it fell <laughs> a little flat. Uh, oh, one thing, one thing I did want to make note of before we move on is in the art by Bacalo. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm certain I'm fairly certain that this isn't lettering, that this is actually in the art. Mm-hmm. The depiction of Spider Sense in this issue. Oh yes. I feel like it's novel. I don't want to say we're obviously we're obviously experts to a certain extent on a lot of comic things, but not, you know, but, but experts are, 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 you know, only know so much. They're, they're, they're always uh, able to learn more 
So, you know, for anyone out there listening and or watching, if you've ever, if you read this book and uh, and you have other instances where you've seen uh, Spidey's spider sense depicted in this way, in this specific way, let us know uh, in, you know, over uh, our social media channels or in the comments in, uh, in, on the YouTube um, feed or even on iTunes. Uh, remember to hit like and subscribe on everything that you uh, that you get to. Uh, uh, you know, involving the comic book chronicles, but getting back to what I was talking about regarding the spider sense, this is this seemed fairly novel to me. So the first time I saw it in the book, it jumped out and gave me a bit of pause. Right. But that rapidly went away, rapidly went away, and I enjoyed every single instance of it. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it because it is much more. Uh, a, you know, it, it, it's uh, it actually plays out like narration, which is fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you said, uh, like like you just said, and like you probably said, like you said before the show, like yeah, it was another way to do this, and I I didn't like I did notice it, but I didn't think that much about it to where it's like okay, yeah, there's definitely a, a different way to do that, and it is um, that's kind of fun. Um, because you would think, like, yeah, when he when 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 Spidey senses go off like that, like, yeah, that's kind of what it's telling him, you know, in in some uncertain way. So it it kind of makes sense to where, in his mind, it's coming off his letters, you know, and it could very well be narration, well, his own internal narration in a different form, right? You know, it so. just read so fun. It, it was so fun to me. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed this book. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I uh, like in this. In this book, definitely it works. Now I don't know if you if you kind of fold that back into amazing or any other Spidey books, whether that would um, whether Which that is would a work different, out the same. Yeah, it's definitely a different mood right. in the regular Spidey books. So, right, whether that would work out uh, the same way, but in this book, given how it's uh, playing out, yeah, it works out pretty good. That being said, uh, let us move on to the other Spidey book of the week. Sure. In Amazing um, Spider-Man number 61. Right. Amazing Spider-Man number 61 is written by Nick Spencer with art by Patrick Gleason, colors by Edgar Delgado, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Take it away. So, um, previously on Amazing Spider-Man, um, actually, there is no previously because he pretty much just turned a corner. So, the, the Kendrick stuff only shows up in the first panel. Like, well, Kendrick shows up in, like, the first page. And I, at first you're thinking, like, wait, is he, is it, are we getting this from his point of view? No. It's just uh, Peter monologuing or internal monologuing as he's going along. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this uh, ahead of time. Speaking of weird uh, books of the week, uh weird spider-man books like that so um we knew this issue was coming and this is the issue that uh debuts spider-man's new suit what we did not know is why he's getting this suit uh what purpose is it serving and all along those lines and now we get all of that and i hate it <laughs> uh, I think hate is a strong word for my feelings on it, but okay, I it's it's strong for me too. It. 
it's strong for me too. I dislike it. Yeah, I, it's it's. I was like, it, it's. I say I hate it, as in I hate it here. But as but actually, I genuinely kind of dislike it. <laughs> I definitely dislike the entire idea behind the costume. I disliked how he got it. Mm-hmm. I dislike why he needs it. Um, I <laughs> where he got it from. Uh, right. We definitely have been accustomed have, have we are definitely accustomed to Peter having to come up with variations to create uh action figures. I mean, uh to create defenses to certain attacks from his villains, his vast rogues gallery. This is none various. Right. That's nothing new. This is nothing. This costume has nothing to do with that. Right. So, um, yeah, I, mm, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, speaking as people who are on, to, who are on the internet, mm-hmm. right? Speaking as people who, uh, 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 put their views out on the internet via social media, via YouTube, via podcasts, we understand that this is part of culture. This is part of how information is disseminated and processed in uh, uh, in the internet age. But I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> it's awful when it comes to Spider Man. <laughs> you know, and I understand. What's funny is that they actually don't mind the hockey puck I'm holding. I'm just I was just looking for something to like kind of mess with. My hands were like fidgeting. Um, the the Rangers lost tonight, which sucks. But um. Uh, what what I was what I was what I was getting at is, um, you know, as 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 denizens of the internet, as users of the internet, as as content producers, we are content producers, mm. right? So we understand some of the impetus for this change, especially with regards to the news media, and 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 what some of, what what comes into play here, because we know what the news media's uh, history has been with Spider-Man in his book and to see how that is developing and changing in this issue and how this is possibly going to be a development moving forward is understandable. Somewhat logical definitely has its place as an allegory, as a real world um, uh, 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 translate. You know, this is a translation of certain issues that are happening in the real world. That's, that's an allegory. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's it doesn't feel right to me, which is why I dislike it. Right. And I'm gonna tell you a couple of reasons why it don't feel right. One. So spoiler alert. Um. Just just because I feel like I you want to ring the bell. Go ahead, so you can sure. go full tilt. I'm not gonna go full tilt, but go for it. All right. I'm ringing the spoiler bell, folks, because uh, it you know. It's probably worth looking into this issue just to see if you are willing to stay on and see if you're willing to go forward uh, with the direction that Spencer's taking. So I'm ringing it in three, two, one. All right. So one, yes, eight to seventy is correct. We are denizens of the internet, and we are content creators, and we are doing this podcast and all that kind of mother. But however, this book evokes a side of internet culture that makes me just hurt my soul and that is the influencer culture correct it's the it's one of the other sides of the coin and or dice yeah and and so there there and another side of that is like so that whole part is what it is but 
none of it, well, earned is probably not even right either way. Cause it's like, we basically, just like I said earlier, we pretty much just turn the corner real quick because the last actor we just came out of, like we was, it was kind of heavy, you know, or, um, um, it was kind of, I don't know if, if the Empire Strikes Back of this arc is, 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 is right or not, but sure. Um, but going from that and then coming out of the last couple of issues where they're kind of like, yeah, this is kind of the prologue to that and we're getting out of that. None of that sets up coming into this. So it just turns a full corner and it's like, er, no, we're just going to do this. We're just going to, uh, we're just going to pivot into this, which at some point is nice. <laughs> which at some point is still within the confines of the whole big as um thing that Nick Spencer is doing. Now, to what extent sure it's still early on and whether this part like is this a it this this reads more like a filler arc in in um and I know this is the first issue so it's kind of harsh it's harsh to say that, but it just feels like a filler arc in in anime and anime fans out there know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, good, the good or bad about that part is what it is. But when you just happen to just like stop the main through line, and then it's like, well, we're just gonna come over here and do this thing and try to get things like sort of back to back to normal, but you know, in a way that just seems like no, we're just forgetting all anything about this. And again, none of that's probably true because of the fact that you know, I'm sure there's some rhyme or reason for doing this that I mean, the experiencer is kind of gonna fold back into you know, uh, the overarching story, but just going from that to this is, and just like, Hey, here you go. New suit for technically no reason, no real good reason, especially where it is. As Agent 70 said, uh, there has always been a reason why Spider has gotten a new suit for one, re one way or another, even if when he got like Captain universe powers and, you know, back during whatever that was, even there was some sort of rhyme or reason for it. Um, this one, and I'm not going to give away why he gets it, but it's, it's, ugh, I hate it. I hate it. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Yes. It's it a good looking suit. Appeals to, right, it definitely appeals to, you know, we're old heads, right? Mm -hmm. Which is what I, where, where did I read that this week? I, I saw that in a comic book this week, old heads. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, yes. Right, right. Oh, you might have read the same book. That's what I'm getting at. I'm trying to remember where where I read that. Where but, was um, that? Yeah. Where wherever it is, I read that. Um, it might have been uh, Children of the Atom, another number one issue this week, because that Possible. deals with young with young characters. But right. um, uh, you know, we might be old heads, but uh, you know, we have seen you know the internet grow from its nascent form to where it is now, which you know, for good or ill, is, is what it is. Yes. But uh, this is one of those sides of the internet, the influencer side that Roddy Cat mentioned, the comment side, the um, the the the, um, the active creation of uh, content on the fly, that Instagram live you know, that live feed side. The smash uh, that like button side. Right. Which we're not above because we do need subscribers and views, but we're, we, we don't like, we're not like that. That is one, you know, darker side of that, uh, 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 of the internet culture. Mm. Uh, there's also uh, an ad here, which I sympathized with. Uh, that made me laugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> oh, anyone. 
Yes. You know, if you're if you're following this on uh, on podcast in podcast form, especially you understand um, the need for ads. And speaking so. of speaking of that ad, it is an ad that is pretty much a parody of a real company's things. You may remember. Oh yes, seen. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. So. Anyone who follows a major po- major label podcasts. Uh, you know, we're not, they're not one of our sponsors, right. but it'd be nice. Hey, uh, shout out to you. You know, I'm not going to name them because we won't get paid, but you know, uh, <laughs> we could use you as a sponsor. Um, I mean, sure. I would probably even use your product, I suppose. Um, that, sure, sure. Yeah. You know, I'll plug it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know the, 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 the folks over at Pod Save America do so. Uh, yeah, but, I know. Um, um, yeah, this is a uh, uh, magic together podcast that I, that I watched slash listen to, uh, that, um, and even that's a reference to it um, that that has them as a sponsor. Right, 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 so. right. And um, I'm trying to think if there's anything <laughs> else I need to mention about this book. Oh, there is, um, there is, j- just like Roddy Cat mentioned, there is a bit of a swerve that leads to the main story of this book or the main premise of this of this issue. But there is a reveal towards the end that wraps it all the way back around right. to where Spencer's story was going um, for the most part before Kindred kind of stepped in and, 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 and took that big arc, um, you know, that, that really extended storyline. So we are wrapping back to that at the end of this issue. And I also wanted to mention that. Um, are, are, do you have anything else to say about the book? Uh, the only thing I was mentioning is like, so with that character that you were probably about to mention, I would assume, and what's going on is like, okay, with what he and Peter are doing, someone would put two and two together if they haven't already uh, about that, especially with the with the thing, which I I almost forgotten about that they have uh, in custody uh, mm-hmm. uh, of them from that arc, and also. Uh, I guess real quick, uh, the um, oh, when Spidey actually gets the suit on on another time, and who he gets it from, and the fact that a person does a thing, uh, with that suit or with part of that suit with Peter, kind of makes me wonder if she actually knows who he is. Right, and that's because that that seems a little too like, and she's 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 pretty much a, a relatively sharp tech, so I'm kind of wondering. If that is so, we know one other person that has to do to to, to, to with uh with without giving too much of it away, knows Spidey's identity. But I'm kind of curious as to whether this person does now because of what they end up doing in that moment. But uh, that being said, yeah, you take that away. But I will say, oh, no. by the way, shout out to uh, Cam, uh, my friend Cammy, you who's in the chat. Uh, and you know we do have chat uh on Twitch and YouTube, which uh which I should be checking the YouTube chat into a little bit more. So if you got questions or anything, let us know. I just wanted to mention, uh, honestly, the only the only thing uh, that I was going to add uh, is, you know, Roddy Cat mentioned the whole side. Uh, uh, what was that? No, that wasn't for you. Don't write it. Oh, okay. I was laughing. I was like, whoa, what happened? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, the uh, what was that? The, the the side arc you said, or the 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 anime convention that you were talking about? That that. Um, that swerve, you know, that that uh, the filler. Oh no, you called it a oh filler, filler arc. arc. Yes, 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 yes. Right, right. So you called it a filler arc. I just wanted to mention that I have 
endeavored over the last week and change <laughs> to get fully um, uh, up to date on Attack on Titan, and I accomplished that the other day. Mm, so I'm up to date. I am up to date, and I forced myself to uh, read the subtitles for the most recent stuff because the English dubs have not come out yet. You did a thing that I still have not done because I, I, I can't do it. <laughs> uh, Attack on Titan had so much problems for me, uh, and I know it gets some people say it gets good or bad, and oh, it's something that gets good before it dips into whatever. But um, yeah, no, I can't do it. Just... Why do the Titans give you nightmares? I was afraid of that. No, I mean Stupid they are nightmare inducing. Admit that. Yeah, they are nightmare inducing, but no, I, I dealt with that. It's just like, all right, once I think I got to a certain part in the first part of the season. Not to divulge too far, um, but got to a first part of the season. I'm like, oh, well, that happened. Like, I, like that's all I pretty much need to see. <laughs> so, something <laughs> we can talk. So, we'll yeah, talk something... about this more as I guess the, the 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 anime series is about to come to a conclusion. So. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that goes over the next month or so. So, but um, yeah, there's only I think like a few episodes left. Correct. So, but uh, yeah, no. Shout out to at Boss Jones on Twitter and Instagram who has uh, been imploring me to, uh, and 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 several of his friends and and colleagues to uh, get up to date on uh, Attack on Titan. So I jumped in uh, a little bit more than a week ago and and uh, and and. Uh, uh, binged all those. I'm Shout out to binge mode. Indeed, I'm surprised you started with that one, but that that would be a popular one to do if you're going to do because, it. So because it's current, right? Because right. It, would be, it was one of those things where it's a lot like Game of Thrones, where if you want to stay in the zeitgeist, if you want to stay current, that's what you decide to binge. Fair, and you know me, I got a couple for you. The the uh, the the uh, along with what I've already given you in the past. So whatever right. you're going to right, next, right. but um. Right. So as choice. so now that my binge is 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 done and I'm just going to be staying afloat, uh, staying abreast of what comes up uh, new. I guess it's the last like two or three episodes. Right. Then, um, uh, you know, then I'll be ready to. Well, actually, you know, I'm ready. I'm kind of ready to pick up something else in the interim. But um, but yeah, now that my binge is done, I can. But yeah, I, I just thought it was fun. It's like yeah, I sort of understand. I'm not as big an anime person, so um, I. I uh, you know, as a comic book reader, I definitely understand filler arcs. Yeah. You know, that that don't necessarily serve the the grand story, but so few comics have extended runs by writers nowadays. Right. It's rarer and rarer that um, you know it's it's less frequent. Right. That's really that's really what I was getting at. Like, right. We don't see to... nearly as much now as we did as we were coming up. Exactly. I was about to say exactly that because, uh, and matter of fact, I was talking to somebody uh, a few days ago, and I told them they, they were telling uh, they found out about this podcast, and I'm like, uh, they they tend to go into it like a back in the day situation. I'm like, don't worry about it. We kind of do that sometimes too. And there you go. We got we just hit we just hit one right there. Um, kind right. of sort of one of those it's one of those it's one of those things right where we because we have because we stay current with the comics we're forced to adapt right but we can't help but think oh this isn't always the way it was right like yes comics were largely but similarly not so dim different but very much so different than what they are now or how they uh how they are now i should say i agree uh, but that being said, you know, Amazing Spider-Man 61, yeah, again, uh, like I said, it's, man, <laughs> uh, 
that whole suit reveal and why and coming out of that last thing was like what are we even doing here and going back to stuff that like uh, agent seven said going back to stuff that was even before the kindred stuff was like what are we what how why I, and again we know i feel like there, there's going to be like i said earlier there's going to be a nice neat bow that's going to wrap this all together and even some of it kind of showed up in his book but still like what are we doing here right <laughs> Uh, so that being the case, I think we can move on. Yes, yes. I was about to say, we could probably get to Rapid Fire soon. Maybe yes. we just need to cover a couple more books, or maybe one more book. Well, you know what book that's going to be for me. Strange Academy number nine. Sounds good. Uh, it's written by Scotty Young, with art by Umberto Ramos, uh, colors by Edgar Delgado, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Take it away. So, it is family day at Strange Academy. Um, and uh, so, there is that going forward. And we got a couple of uh, folks whose uh, family members, for one reason or another, are not going to be present. Uh, and, uh, you know, these two characters, that being Calvin and Doyle, um, you know, have reasons because we get we start off with a little bit of uh, backstory, uh, which we haven't gotten too much of before because we, you know, this book is basically about a bunch of kids at a magic school, not unlike another, you know, similar popular uh, culture thing that we know of, but but also different. Um, uh, so we get a little bit of backstory on this uh, this particular student, Calvin, as we you know tend to get with some of the students. Uh, during the course of these issues at times. So it sounds like this seems to be the arc that we're going to probably dive into a little bit more with him. And this other character, Doyle, who is the son of uh, the Dread Dormammu, who, uh, even if you don't know uh, Marvel Universe history and you've seen Doctor Strange, you've seen this character um, who did not previously have a, a uh, any offspring. <laughs> which you that could say we that, knew of. Right. that we knew of which you could say that a lot about a lot of characters in this book because you know I've, there are some revelations you'll get yes. to it but there are some revelations yes and I think you, you, you're referring to the one in my notes Oh, I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't cheat. I didn't oh, okay. take a look at notes. I will go, I will scroll down and look while you go on. Right. So, so family day is happening, and and bearing that in mind, so while the other folks with their um, various family members um, are partaking of the fun and games, these two folks get into a little bit of trouble um, on the grounds. Uh, but on and on the other side of that, we do get some family day shenanigans with the one. I at this point, I'm still willing to call her the main protagonist, but she is among the group of this um, of these students. But she's kind of the had been the main focus of this group in the beginning art because she's kind of the newest character. Well, right, she's a mix. She's a definitely a mix of Harry and Hermione. Yes, definitely a mix of Harry and Hermione. Accurate accurate so we get to meet her well actually we don't get to meet because we've seen them before we get to um see her parents and uh her very scary mom <laughs> who is very competitive <laughs> which i got a kick out of that was it was it was kind of funny um uh that and but we also meet other um kids is um family family members guardians whatever the case may be um in that 
including two particularly. Like, so we have a group, uh, a, a couple of kids from Asgard. Um, which you know we didn't get to see Gus's people. I just realized that. Uh, the big frost giant, and we know Loki who shows up in the book is the king of the frost giants, but I don't think that's that, that's another relation. But regardless, uh, the two kids from Asgard who, as far as I know, did not have any actual relation to Loki. Outside of, I guess, being, you know, Asgardian. So that was right. weird to see him pop up in this book. But another revelation in this book is that one of the main, one of the characters named of Desi um, is the child of one demon, Sim. So if you are, if you are red, uh, comic red uh, of a certain vintage, you know, Sim from back in the X-Books, which, by the way, uh, one of the, the members, uh, actually, shoot, Magic of the uh, X-Men slash New Mutants slash uh, Krakoans is a part of the staff, but doesn't show up in this book, which, so that would have been a very, very, very interesting um, um, conversation had she shown up, I am sure. But, um, so yeah, um, uh, Sim shows up, and apparently that like he has a daughter, and Desi's a daughter. Desi's his daughter. I'm saying like, what? When did that happen? Where did that happen? And obviously, a lot of these characters are pretty much new, newly formed, and therefore their relations to other characters in the Marvel universe are pretty much coming out here, right? Um, just like in the, in the way that uh, like was mentioned with Dormammu and whatnot. So it's yes, it's ginned up, but it's still it's still a thing. Um, I think there was another revelation in here that I can't remember now. But that was the one that kind of struck me. It was like, well, Sim's got ch- children. Again, Sim is, was a big bad back in the day in the X-Books. Uh, uh, so him having any kind of offspring. So I'm I, I'm actually kind of also surprised that Desi was not in this group with uh, Doyle and, well, Doyle specifically, but Doyle and um, Calvin, who didn't have any big bads as his, his parentage, but he's, uh, his foster parents were not great, put it that way. Right, and and there's a tease, I think, for what his parentage, actual parentage might be. Right. So... Given, given this, you know, given this little flashback story. Right. Or sequence, actually. Yeah, I kind of wondered about that. So, you, so that is who I assume we're both thinking of? It might be. It might be, you know, like definitely coat related, you know. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I was thinking more of a a uh. Well, that would be saying the name because it's too a little too long to know. But regardless, so yeah, I was I was kind of curious about that. So and then, yeah, we will probably see a little bit more of that. I'm going to assume in the next issue, uh, given what it was. But regardless. This uh, issue is kind of fun because of the whole fan- family day shenanigans and the little bonding moments with uh, Cam, uh, Cam, sorry, um, with uh, Calvin and Doyle, who were already you know decent friends. You know they kind of talk out some stuff because of some recent events with uh, Doyle while they get into trouble, uh, and apparently may or may not have uh, opened up a literal bottle that will probably come into play at some point. Maybe, maybe not, because I know there's been some things that they've um, that they, they've opened up and haven't really done much to, but you still kind of see them around, like that cat beast thing that that's uh, paddling around with Emily. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely probably going to come up in something that's on. So they've been definitely pacing this book 
um pretty interestingly like i've been enjoying it from the from the jump and i'm not saying that this is you know that this that has stopped but it is interestingly paced book for the amount of people uh you know that they are focusing on yeah they're definitely giving scotty young room to let the characters breathe mm -hmm. it definitely feels like he's got uh to put it bluntly a long leash i hope on this yeah like one would hope because like i said i don't want to see this book end uh without doing what it was trying to do and, it, and honestly what it's trying to do it is doing that but i feel like as a potential all age, well, I guess it is an all age book. Um, it's different from a lot of stuff that's out there, but it's also one that, you know, regardless of whether it is all ages book, it is still a cool book to read if you are of a certain vintage like us. If you are right. interested in certain realms of the um, Marvel Universe, such as the magic stuff, you know, and this, this book could very well have some legs if allowed and sells you know and i would hope that it, it does definitely get a good uh a good run out of it because i know this would could potentially be one of those books that's like gets on the block fairly quickly um <laughs> but that being said i think uh, i'm trying to remember if there was anything else uh to to mention about this you know, like I said, the family day stuff is what it is. Uh, Emily's mom is scary. Her, that whole thing with her and uh, Loki, Loki was pretty fun. This is a potential click of the week for me, uh, which probably shouldn't be a surprise, but it's definitely genuine in, in, in this. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it until we see, you know, what's what else is going on with what they tease in this issue with uh, that one with Calvin. Right, right, right. That that little interlude uh, regarding Calvin's past aside, I think this was like a little bit of a palate cleanser kind of. of a story after dealing with some pretty dark things with the, um, oh, what were they called? The tree people? The tree wizards or whatever? The, uh, I want to say it's not the Forgotten. In the swamps. Um, yeah, I forgot the name. It's like something like the Forgotten or something like that, or I don't remember though. Yeah, I mean, but but at the end of the day, you know, uh, something bad happens to Doyle, and they reference that they reference they reference that specifically here in this issue, mm -hmm. and this issue definitely comes off as a bit of a palate cleanser before we head off into their next round of hijinks. Um, so that's you know that this issue was definitely a pleasant uh, a, a pleasant read, a fun read. Um, I'm looking in. Uh, the book. I guess we didn't see any other frost giants. No, uh, yeah, just Gus showed up for for a brief right. second, but yeah, but no parentage. Um, which I guess m maybe it makes some sense. I don't know. Um, you know, and Loki, Loki being both a reference representative of um, which they don't even say say anything about that either. Now that I look about it, because um, like they. He seems like he's there representing Asgard more than the Frost Giants, of which he's king of, like I said earlier. Right. So that was interesting. Um, and the fact that he was in there in the first place was kind of funny, but you know what? It, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say, you know, obviously, you know, Loki is, you know, I dare say not inherently evil, but definitely has been more evil than not. 
And right. we also know he also has a show coming up too. So, uh, you know, any chance they're going to get to put him someplace, they're probably going to do that, which is kind of cynical, but it is the truth. But at least it's organic here than, you know, anywhere else they would probably throw him in at this point. I agree. So, uh, that's it though for Strange Academy, unless you got something else. No, I think it's time to uh, get to rapid fire reviews. Oh, actually, one of my notes uh, that does say something that the, the the first couple of pages after uh, after a little bit with Calvin, we see Wanda. I'm sitting here like thinking, like, yeah, she still stays on brand, <laughs> even even as a teacher, you know, with with what she wears, and kind of yeah, going I back that was to awkward. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that the clothing choice right? that that Ramos put up there was a little awkward. I was like, right. oh, why is why is she wearing that? Okay, yeah, like that seems kind of hot. And not even the like the hey this attractive way like like why you know <laughs> like that seems a little too warm for for uh, where they are. <laughs> well, I'm not even worried about that. I just thought stylistically, I was like, oh, that's yeah. a little off. I mean, but, hey, the pantsuit you know. thing was all right, but it was like the I'm like okay, you can you can drop some of that. Like you don't have to go full Scarlet Witch on on part of the you know on 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 the rest of it. <laughs> right. So it was, uh, but yeah, I thought it was more of a style. It was. Style choice. I disagreed with so yeah uh, yeah yeah but yeah like I said, it was a choice it was a choice um all right so anyway yeah so rapid fire folks we are in rapid fire review time uh given that we have pretty much the same books um you want to go ahead and hit it and sure. just chime in absolutely absolutely so uh follow along with me as I go uh first up is children of the atom number one this was written by vita ayala with art by bernard chang and letters by vcs travis lanham um i actually enjoyed this book i'll be honest i actually enjoyed this book because it definitely had a a, a good first issue uh hook at the end because an entire mm-hmm. book goes through the introduction of a group of superpowered individuals under the X banner. I'm, you know, this I'm is, glad you worded it that way. Right. This is definitely under the X banner, right? We have in this issue the stylistic Krakoan uh, lettering on the data pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, you know, which introduces us to the names and um, and code names that these characters have adopted. Um, so it is clearly under the X banner. But this issue goes through several uh, stages. The first is the introduction of the uh, these the, these young individuals, and I stress young individuals mm-hmm. um, taking on going on their first mission and taking on was it Hell's Bells. Yes. You know, shout out to ACDC. <laughs> um, well, hell's bells. Um, uh, you know, the, the, uh, I appreciated the, uh, the data page that, 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 uh, that gave us some stuff on, um, on hell's bells, <laughs> you know, like their last appearance, you know, yes. kind of, kind of remind us who they are. Cause I damn sure forgot. I absolutely did too. So I appreciated that. And we also get some debate happening on Krakoa uh, about reaching out to these children as uh, the first 
I guess, advanced team or scout team or diplomatic team from Krakoa to these uh, to this young team don't exactly convince them to come back to Krakoa with them. So we have some debate happening amongst the you know the the they're not the council members but definitely the core members of the x-men that we are familiar with some of them over are. a table which is cool right what would what, what, you say i said a couple of them are or were and or were but yes oh you mean uh, you mean in the discussion no i'm talking about you said there were there were no there were uh it was not a meeting of the council but there were a couple of them that were or right, are exactly yeah. Right, right. It's not a complete meeting of the council, but right. these are the X-Men that we are familiar with. Right. Right. And they are debating how to deal with these, uh, you know, to deal with this young team. And, uh, you know, a lot of the issue deals with that. And a lot of it deals with uh, age-related issues and Kirk Cohen-related issues. And that's cool. But, um, you know, and we get some uh, some background on who these young superpowered individuals are and like I said, I really like the hook at the end. It was, you know, listen, in terms of a first issue, I thought it was strong. Um, I'm not sure what I expected out of this, right. to be honest. I think there's a tease involved with this book because of um, the characters and their powers and what's right. been displayed so far. And I think that's the biggest tease that is not paid off in this issue. So um, I understand why some people, uh, namely other members of our <laughs> yes. uh, uh, of our panel, uh, absent or present, may not have been so happy with this book. Right. Um, and on that, yeah, like you said, there was a, there was a so going into this, I was thinking like you were kind of just saying like yeah, given what we knew of their power set or whatever there was. I was personally thinking like, okay, so this has something to do with the future stuff that we still haven't really gotten a whole lot of from Hawksbox. It, and you can kind of tell early on that, no, that is not the case. And I don't know how long it, it whether it took you until the last page or even that, um, that meeting uh, that you just, we just spoke of to get the sense that things are not what they seem because it definitely seemed early on to me before before um I was just going to say Nightcrawler who was in that meeting kind of says a thing um you know uh and but before that I was kind of like wait something's not right here because if if x you know if 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 x is a thing and y is not happening there's a reason for it to which you know you, you get shades of that from what um from, may or may not get that shades of that from what Nightcrawler is saying, and it quickly kind of d d devolves into like, well, wait, so are these folks like, what is going on with these folks? Um, right. That they're that we're not actually being told at this point, which I know they're gonna tease out for probably another issue or two, or maybe they might just say a next issue we don't know because I'm not sure. Wait, so is this? Uh, I think it's supposed to be an ongoing, correct? I yes, don't remember. That's my understanding. Right. Uh, and there's been changes because this book has been pushed and pushed and pushed back for for a while, partially due to to um, through the COVID and uh, probably other things, scheduling, uh, whatever. But now that we finally get this book, and it's here, that 
it slightly answers the question, but opens up a couple more that we were we were not privy to prior to this. Right. And I am still slightly curious about that, but I'm slightly also bummed that it's not not the future uh, tinging thing that we thought it might be. Or maybe it could still be. We don't know in some roundabout way. Right. And we're still not completely sure how to read that last sequence. It's, we don't know if... That's true. Right. You know, we're not completely sure. So, but like I said, I, I thought it was a decent hook. It feels pretty clear on, on first blush. But, yeah, you're right. We, we don't necessarily know. Um, because it looked like it's going one way and still could very well be that. But then it's like, uh, nope. Right, so we'll see in the next issue. You know, but also um, kind of right, and also kind of felt like, well, okay, we, that felt like that was something that was going to happen. Yeah, it's it's definitely a pretty, you know, it's definitely like I said, it's a good hook. Mm-hmm. Surprise or no, whether or not you were surprised, it's I think a good hook to get you to come back for the next issue. Right, uh, and I said in my back my back channel, mm-hmm. uh, and if you're of a certain vintage, you were. Kind kind of sort of get this and now that i'm thinking about it a little bit more you kind of sort of can see it in here i guess but there's a little bit of fallen angels uh, uh in the periphery of this but there's also some runaways yeah yeah i mean there's definitely that feel as well right and not just because they're like a group of young kids you know i feel like there's a little bit more in there than just that Right, how they're related to each other or right. their relationships they have developed and how they've come together. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I definitely get that vibe as well. So if that is something that is appealing to you, this might be something to pick up for you in that vein. Again, we don't know if it's going to keep that way or you know where that's going to turn or where, whatever the revelation is going to be, um, what we think it is or not. Right. Anyway, okay, next up. Yeah. Next up is Daredevil number 28. It's written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Marco Caquetto and colors by Marcio uh, Meniz. Um, I will get you the letter in a second. It's lettered by VC's Clayton Cowles. Um, this issue is the first issue back from the King and Black crossover. Tie-in two issues. So... Daredevil actually had a two-issue crossover with King and Black, dealing with several effects that the King and Black story had to do on um, Daredevil, New York City, and Hell's Kitchen in particular. This follows um, the effects of King and Black on Elektra, who has taken up the Daredevil mantle. That's not a big spoiler. It, ha- it follows the effects of uh, of it on Daredevil, uh, Daredevil Prime, <laughs> Matt Murdock. While he is in jail, um, and also deals with its effects on uh, Wilson Fisk and Typhoid Mary, which uh, was a, a part of the story as well. Um, I will say that uh, there is one revelation in this book that is uh, pretty cool that hopefully leads Daredevil down a positive, in a uh, down a path in a positive direction. I will leave it at that. So, uh, but Zdarsky's story seems to be um, going at uh, a good pace, not a great pace because of the uh, the King and Black stuff, but a good pace. And there is a cliffhanger ending to this issue, which is a mild, mild swerve. I mean, 
But yeah, very mild. But nice. it's a nice little cliffhanger. I've always had that car screech, um, you know, uh, sound effect, by the way. I just don't use it that often. Nice. Uh, next up is Eternals number three. It is written by Kieran Gillen with art by Isad Rabich, co uh, colors by Matthew Wilson, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowell. So, in the march up to the MCU introduction of the Eternals, we get another issue of the Eternals that's sort of focused upon uh, uh, getting us up to speed on the main characters of the the uh, of the uh, I guess the Eternal Central family or royal. No, they're not a royal family, but the central characters in the Eternals, where they are, what their uh, dynamic is as a, as a group of, I guess, related individuals, and also expanding in this case to um, the world of Lemuria and the Deviants and introducing them as, uh, I guess, the counterpoint to the well, Eternals. More like reintroducing uh, them, but yeah. I mean, well, reintroducing to those who know, but yeah, introducing the right, folks introducing who are them in this right. right, introducing them in this relaunch of the Eternals. Right. So getting to uh, uh, the last part I was going to mention is um, the investigation into the alleged death of Zuras uh, continues. Who has relation to a person that pops up in this, uh, which I didn't know. But uh, who pops up in this, or I guess who is the focal point of this uh, particular issue, whom you said something about uh, before the show. I don't know if you wanted to reiterate that. About who she looks like, or who's, who's oh, or or whether or not. Right. Well, right, right, right. So, um, Marvel is not above asking their artists to create likenesses. They're not dead on sometimes. Sometimes they are of uh characters who have been cast who have who, who have been who, who where actors or actresses have been cast in uh future marvel cinematic universe roles and it's my understanding that angelina jolie has been cast as Athena. Mm -hmm. so i was looking carefully at this to see if isad Beach drew Athena a little bit like angelina where i think Cersei is drawn a little bit more Asian because she has been cast as uh, Gemma Chan mm -hmm. in uh, Eternals as well. You know, more so Asian now than she ever was drawn by um, by uh, Steve Epting back in the Avengers days. It's true. So it's interesting to see if that's a, if that's a, maybe something that evolves over the course of this book, or if I'm just missing it. So mm -hmm. I don't know, but. Um, I'll move on to the well, next book. Which well, before is... you before you do that, I was gonna say uh, sure. real quick about the Eternals thing. Uh, so yeah, uh, you 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 mentioned the Angelina Jolie thing, and I was like, I was thinking more because especially because of the uh, because of what the cover looks like, Angela from from Thor, uh, and and about back. But there's also just just a real quick without getting into it uh, about that. Like there was a there was a allegory in this uh a seemingly um tale told that was seemed like an allegory for something that i'm not entirely comfortable with especially with the character we were just talking about uh of thena so <laughs> that was like that hmm that's hmm you could kind of take that somewhere if you really really wanted to but um that's that's interesting 
Um, this is still a weird book, though. But anyway, go ahead. Definitely, definitely. I mean, the Eternals are a weird, a weird set of characters, and that's you know obviously that is why a lot of people are concerned, worry. You know, it's a mix of all those. Maybe not the extreme sense of those words, but a lot of people are wondering about how Eternals is going to be received. Right, especially when you have had another group in the MCU that has had a poorer showing on a on a smaller screen that almost right. was a bigger screen. Right, but 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 for certain but for certain reasons that I don't think was given the best tools. Yes. You know, and that's a, a really kind way of putting it. Yeah, some would say some things was rushed because of some other things happening that ended up not now now are not the case anymore. Right, 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 anyway. right, right. It would be funny if that was done under the auspices of Disney Plus, right? It would have been so different. Yeah, probably. It's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah, yeah. Whether it would have fared any better, we who's to say? But yeah, I would imagine they would have gotten a little bit better treatment. Uh, I think they would have gotten it right, which is a shame, you know? Oh, yeah, uh, one, would, one would hope. <laughs> uh, all right, last up in rapid fire for me is Immortal Hulk number 44. Also read it's this. written... What was that? I said I also read this. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was about to say it without a question. Mm -hmm. um, written, as always, by Al Ewing, pencils by Joe Bennett, inks by Ruri Jose and Bellardino Br uh, Bravo. Uh, colors by Paul Mounts and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So this is the uh, direct continuation of what happened in the last issue. We open with a little bit of a monologue from one uh, Henry Peter Gyrick, the um, the new head of the Alpha Flight uh, program. Uh, he's the acting commander, at least. My favorite line from this little monologue is that uh, he says, and it's his third line, uh, and I'm just going to quote here. He says, who am I? My name is Henry Peter Gyrick. I'm the government, mister. And that's essentially how Gyrick has uh, been portrayed throughout his entire existence in the Marvel Universe. Pretty much. What, has, right, what he has done is put into, uh, put into uh, play a plan of uh, taking down the Hulk using none other than the UFOs. If you're not familiar with the UFOs, they are a set of ne'er-do-wells who decided to take uh, a space trip to try to replicate the accident with cosmic rays that gave the Fantastic Four their powers. Much like the Super Soldier Serum is described in uh, Captain America the First Avenger by... Um, by Dr. Erskine, it enhances not only the good, but the bad. And in the sense, it, it definitely seemed to enhance the bad for the UFOs because they are uh, not very nice people and they do their level best taking turns. That's the nicest thing that they do is take <laughs> turns, let everyone have a shot in dismantling a very weakened Hulk. Right. Um, worth noting going back to the Gyric thing. So for those not knowing, um, for those of us a certain vintage, definitely know Gyric from the Avengers of of the past. He, he was their liaison. He was definitely the government. Uh, but he's 
in some ways he's kind of in folks might know this a little bit better he's pretty much the marvel universe's version of amanda waller in a sense um so if you are up on like especially if you, you know, i'm sure if you watch suicide squad you know or or justice league you kind of get a sense of what i'm talking about so he's kind of that uh old school wise uh and the only other thing i say about this before we move on is that uh, like i kind of wonder if he and um colson are gonna butt heads at some point because i feel like i feel like they're kind of jockeying for the same position even though i think colson's in a little bit better standing with where he is right this reimagined colson because right. they have taken agent phil colson down a specific path mm-hmm. so um also they do develop more of what uh, Jackie McGee can do now that she has been exposed to Gamma and that she has developed uh, a special ability. Mm-hmm. May not be a power, but definitely a special ability. Right. She's the eye boy of... <laughs> she's the she's the camera-powered eye boy. That's right. Not, that's not nice, but... <laughs> it just could be Gamma Vision as opposed to... And that's actually a brand name. That's actually the brand name of my blue light glasses. Oh, nice. But, you know, as opposed to X-ray vision, right? Right. You yeah, know, she definitely. may just have gamma vision. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, my blue light glasses that we are not sponsored by, so I'm not going to show them and not mention them again. But um, you know, uh, uh, it made me it made me laugh just now. I was like, oh yeah, that's what she has. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and there's also um, almost like a good place reference at the end of this. Yeah, I don't know if you watched that. I've watched enough of it to to get that reference. Right. So yeah, I could definitely see that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I guess there's really not much else to say about that outside of yeah, the yeah, the other teams doing a thing while the Hulk's fighting, the the weakened Hulk is fighting. So, uh, that's if if you're done with that. Yep. Okay. Yep, you're up. Then I will go ahead and pop off mine real quick. Starting with Star Wars number twelve. Yay! Wait, wait you. You were planning on reading this. Yes. Um, Pictures of Click of the Week for me. Uh, written by Charles Soule. Art by Ramon Rosanas. Uh, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. I would say don't read my notes, but it probably is not. Um, it's I guess it's a spoiler, but not really so much. Uh, so I will say that... Um, I will say this much that Leia and Kess, who is Poe Dameron's dad, have a uh, have a kind of a bonding moment while while there's some downtime, uh, which leads to a, a a couple of interesting stories that we have not, at least interesting to me, stories that we have not seen, um, in this universe. Uh, one of which kind of takes place i guess before or after a movie i'm not entirely sure the time frame there but being that this well i well let's say before um i know how to think about it but regardless it's 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 um it's a pretty i thought interesting read for something that's not really fully action you know sometimes sometimes the stories don't necessarily have to have a fully packed back action to be interesting to me and i know we've had the discussion in the past on the show but um for me this is kind of one of them in this universe for what they kind of bear out here uh next up though is x-factor number eight uh, written by uh leah williams 
art by David Baldion. Uh, color artist is Israel Silva. Uh, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Magna. Who, um, Manya! I Manya. think he's a Paisan. Yeah. Uh, where did I just drop that A from? But, um, so Prodigy is looking into his, still looking into his death for whatever reason. We still, I feel like we've gotten at some point, but I'm not entirely sure why he's doing that uh, at this point. But clearly, I guess it's going to be a point that they're going to bring up. But also, this is also following the events of last uh, issue where the Boneyard, uh, the Bone Guard gets taken over by an entity. Um, and which I guess uh, a thing happens with that in this issue. Um, yeah. And apparently there's a, also a little, a little wrinkle that comes up. Uh, not a wrinkle, but something comes up about um, a person's uh, power set, which I now that I think about it, just mentioned uh, previously outside of this book, <laughs> that 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 was kind of a revelation on, or somewhat of a revelation on. I don't know. This character has never really meant that much to me, so who, it, it is what it is. Um, but also, we know after uh, resurrection protocols that you know people get a slight percent upgrade in their uh, power set, and apparently this is might be playing off of that. For what reason, I don't know, because this character still whatever. But last but not least, we have uh, the next Batman, Second Son, number three, written by John Ridley. Yes, that John Ridley. Uh, pencils by Travel Foreman. Uh, inks by Mark Morales. Uh, colors by Rex Locus. And letters by uh, Darren Bennett. Uh, so in this issue, this is still kind of right before the well this is kind of at the beginning of future state this book is taking place uh so we see things like uh the mayor who the or the relatively newly mayor mayor um elected mayor actually i think he's newly elected, but i'm not even sure has that mayor been in this um universe prior to this like i'm assuming he was there for the joker war stuff do you know i'm sorry the 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 mayor of gotham at this point I, I I totally I was uh, I was looking at something else because I was making a list of um, things I wanted to mention like books. Uh, say I, I I missed the last part of what you said. I was I was asking if the mayor of Gotham at this point uh, was there in previous uh, the previous volumes of uh, Batman because I don't know this character. Well, not previous. I mean, this is just a continuation. Yeah, yeah. This this particular character who's been elected mayor right. has been has been in place for was okay. running for mayor and was elected to mayor prior to um uh whatchamacallit uh, future state for okay. several months okay so what so i said still stands good course, right so over the course of several several months that character has uh, become i guess uh, has become more prominent gotcha so we see shades of uh the mayor talking to what i felt like when we in future state proper we had already seen the fact that uh um, he instills uh, a person to a position that we already saw that I believe we already saw in future state. Because, uh, like I said, this takes place before the futures at the beginning of future state. Um, weirdly enough, but we see we see the shades of that happening. But we also see, still don't see Tim, uh, aka Jace or Jace actually aka Tim, uh, Fox, uh. 
uh, in in Batman's suit. So, but we do see him talking to his father Lucius, and there's some family shenanigans, not shenanigans, some family dealings that um that happened during the course of. And we still get we get a sense that yeah, something happened. We know something happened, and they keep dancing around. Hey, this this thing that happened that Jace did when he was young, but never actually say what he did. Like they go so far as to even because because Jace even says like, "What did I do, Dad? Tell 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 me what to do." And then they just don't they go away from it. So we still don't know that. We still don't know. At least I don't know. Now some of this might have come out in the 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 Joker War stuff because so that's because I'm not very much read it, it, the Batman at this point. Mm-hmm. Um. But I know this, like we know, Lucius Lucius has been here forever and a day, and he know we know he's had family, and we know he had taken over uh, Wayne Enterprises at some point during the course of that. Um, so something happened that apparently came out, you know, uh, that has something to do with Jace and why he's the black sheep of the family. Right, and... I think that's been a slow reveal. Right. Over time. So, yeah, if you want, you could just go take a look at... I think some of that was also, unfortunately, revealed in the Future State stuff. So, right. you know, you may have to do a little bit of um, uh, research and back reading into some of the Future State stuff to really uh, get a handle on how um, Jay slash Tim uh, factors in. Because as we've mentioned several times previously, it was a big swerve to me that this was a, another character that wasn't the, the second Batwing. Right. Yeah, so. and as we said, yeah, they definitely went ahead and, and, and uh, spoiled that already. And yeah, I remember reading that, that next Batman book, and I don't remember them. They, they definitely kind of teased around it then, but I don't remember them actually saying what happened then either. So that's, uh, maybe that's, I, I assume that's going to be the thing that they're teasing out to, to, to mention here. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. So for what reason and what that has to do with them ended up being what we know is going to be the Batman on Future State, and uh, that's still yet to be seen. So, but regardless, like I said, there's some family issues that go on here, and it the book ends kind of somber because of uh, a fight that happens within a couple of family members ends in a certain way that you don't want to see. And it's not as bad as what I'm making it out to be, but it is a thing that you know. Right. Uh, so that is it, folks, for me. Uh, we are now at the clicks of the week section. Right. Just before we jump to clicks of the week, I just wanted to mention that there are several books that came out this week that I wanted to get to. We've already mentioned Star Wars, but Roddy Cat did talk about it. Um, I wanted to specifically uh, mentioned, uh, mention two books that I had read the first issue of and um, did not get to them this weekend. It's a shame. Uh, one of them is uh, Deep Beyond Number Two, and the other one was uh, Radiant Black. Radiant Black Number mm-hmm. Two. So yeah. I will endeavor to read those um, hopefully soon. There, actually, I will mention also, and I'm kind of surprised you hadn't uh, read this, uh, but the Captain America Anniversary Tribute uh, also came out this week. Oh, you mean the? It's like the reprint of um, his first appearance, but like drawn modern in modern. Uh... I believe so. Yeah, I didn't take a look at it myself, but yeah, I, I believe yeah. that's the case. Um, but yeah, that reading book book was also one I've been wanting to check out. Um, that being said, 
Uh, anyway, so clips of the week. Oh, there was also clips a Thor and Loki. Of... What's that? There was also that Thor and Loki book that came out, but that seems more of an all ages book than you know than. than right, thing. right, right, right. Clicks of the week time. We at least got a couple of uh, uh, clicks. Well, wait, did we get one from Dirt? Hold on. I think we did. Oh no, that was I just put it in your section. I'm sorry, that was that was my error there. So we did get a couple of uh, clicks of the week from our uh, absent folks here. Uh, maybe they talk, heard me talking smack about them last week. I don't know. Ah! <laughs> so from Dirt, uh, we have Nonstop Spider-Man number one. Um. And he references a movie that I have no idea about, but it's still in the same vein of the stuff that uh, uh, that we were talking about. Right, I was about to say, that predates even uh, Joe Kelly's references. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. And he said he liked it, so we'll go with that. So, yeah, he's already saying nothing else about it. And for Tim, he said Batman Urban, Urban Legends number one, which I'm not sure what that book is entails but it's batman so and he didn't necessarily say anything outstanding about that either so oh interesting i was just flipping through the uh the captain america anniversary book yet yeah, it's a it's a reimagining with art and layout of cap's first appearance cap's uh unfree un, uh thawing out that is gotcha <laughs> and several and, and and a few issues there so that looks interesting right but cool. it's nothing that we, you know, it's 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 a reinterpretation. It's nothing terribly new, but it'll be interesting to flip through that. Right. I thought this had, uh, and maybe it does, because uh, I don't know if this is that. Um, somebody somebody had teased a story with uh, Cap, Bucky, uh, Sam, and maybe John Walker that they were doing, and I think we may even have it in our. Oh, that's upcoming. Yeah, in the news section about that, but I right. wasn't sure if that was in theirs in this or not right 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 that's supposed to be upcoming I, I remember seeing that as well right uh so uh for our clicks of the week and by the way while i'm still here thinking of uh my click of the week there was something i was going to mention earlier that in relation to what you were saying about uh casting choices for the mcu some of those casting choices happen because of uh this particular person was drawn into a comic book that ended up actually being cast as as the person they were were drawn into the book they were drawn into that actually is right yeah that kind of started right, this right. whole ball rolling let's say exactly exactly no no absolutely absolutely so that's, um, that's amusing when that happens hmm. but it's rare i am i i'll tell you what i'm considering okay because it sounds like you are still considering several uh or at least you know one or two a couple definitely options. yes so I really did uh, have a good time reading Nonstop Spidey number one. I had a good time reading Strange Academy number nine. I had a good time reading Taskmaster number four, despite mm -hmm. that, it, despite the fact that it didn't really go that deep as some of the other previous issues have gone. Right. Um, into you know Taskmaster's nuttiness. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was still nutty. Um. Uh, Immortal Hulk was good just because we got to see. The UFOs really go to town, um, which is kind of sad because it would have been great if it was like a fully powered Hulk and they uh, had a chance to go out. But as they said, even in that book, like yeah, we've we've done that before. So 
Right, 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 right. Um, I'll tell you what I'm not going to pick is Amazing Spidey number 61. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm... You know what? I think I'm going to go with... Hmm. <laughs> I wonder what I'm going to go with. Yeah, and actually... TikTok, TikTok is actually more appropriate here. Also, um, well, yeah, I was about to say it feels like we're in the middle of uh, Final Jeopardy, but I will definitely find the ticking clock. So, hmm, I'm, I'm trying to think of what I enjoyed most. How about you? Yeah, I yeah, like the two books that I, that I'm really kind of strong about. They weren't. Um, some would say the most action-packed, but they were still kind of poignant to me on on uh, on a couple of accounts. Uh, that being Strange Academy and Star Wars, definitely a Taskmaster mm-hmm. too. But like you, uh, yeah, I'm kind of like, yeah, it was like it was good, but it didn't have. Um, it was kind of lacking some of those, some of the uh, not lacking. I shouldn't say that. It's not that's that's not good. But it, it was, wasn't uh, as strong as some of the previous. Yes, issues. although I did like the the uh, the. Um, uh, Taskies and Okoye's um, uh, banter there. <laughs> oh, of course, that that part of was kind course. of interesting. It's really where the Taskmaster, you know, and and what's great about this series is that it's given the Taskmaster character a lot of time to really, uh, you know, for for lack of a better word, you know, kind of ingrain itself on us. Like, oh, okay, so this is the Taskmaster that we just sort of see in little snippets here and there when he's running. With his tail between his legs, you know, with his cape between his legs, you know, right. away from some heroes, you know, because he's more, much more the um, withdraw to fight another day type of villain, you know. Right. Or that one video that I keep referring to from Marvel Heroes, where he's uh, he's um, his commercial for his institute. Exactly. Exactly. He's all about getting paid. Yeah. You know, indeed. that's really what he's trying to do. He's not trying to take over the world. Um, mm. I think what I'm gonna go with is. Oof. It's tough because they were good, but nothing, you know, like some stuff's just not jumping out and being like, hey, pick me this week. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and go I, ahead with uh, Strange Academy number nine. Like, I said, definitely shout out to, just to Star, Star Wars number 12. Uh, mm-hmm. If you are a Star, well, if you are interested in a little bit of, uh, well, some lesser known uh, information in that universe about a couple of characters and their relations to other characters, uh, whether they are new or not, you may be interested in this particular issue. I'll say that. And it's not really saying much, but yeah. Yeah, Strange Academy was good. There's definitely some, 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 some even stronger parallels with, uh, a certain uh, boy wizard in a school in this in, in this issue, even a, a room of requirement almost, um, you know, with lots of uh, magical items stored away in it. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm going to go me. with nonstop Spider-Man number one because I, I, I remember it kind of, and, and this is one, a function of the layouts and another function of the way the story's written and a function of... Bacalo's art where I literally had my, 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 my iPad like turned all sorts of ways to look at it differently 
just to see just to just to study what was on the page and that was just uh you know that was really interesting so i'm gonna go with non-stop spider-man number one his his art on peter's specifically and i think i feel like you've said this before on spider-man when he the when the last time he was on spider-man that you know it's a little weird right um and actually i didn't have to take non-stop spider-man from your column because apparently that's what you actually went with that's funny um so there you go yeah but yeah it's it is what it is i don't know we'll we'll see what happens next issue whether i stay on it or not um that being said, uh, before we go into the news section, we have an ad. Our first ad of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to cabernet to torronte, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash Wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink wines through CSPN. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Ah, so before we get into the news, I'm going to say that, um, and actually we forgot to talk about this beforehand. If you have not been, if not, if you're not caught up on one division, you might want to buy out right now. Oh no! I was gonna say because I know that I I didn't have a chance to look at the news stories, but we generally have the Wandavision stuff up front. So and we do. We, yeah, we are definitely going to be ringing the spoiler bell right now. So if you are not caught up on Wandavision, just as Roddy Cat said, you are now warned with the spoiler bell in three, two, one. Right, even if you're in the chat and you are, you know, uh, unless you just don't care, then, you know, this is, we are going to spoil, spoil the pretty much the end of it. And we're not going to do a full recap like we have been doing. In fact, I'm doing the, that, uh, I'm specifically following the CNET article. Right. So just to get to, the, as, we, as we said, the finer points. Um, but I will go far and say that, hey, this was the last issue of WandaVision, as sad as it may be for the case. And, the very short strokes is that it is the um the superhero the about as close as the superhero slash villain fight as we were going to get and apparently it was agatha all along (laughs) no one was expecting that you know, who's so, been messing up everything. <laughs> so we got that reveal like two episodes ago. And apparently, yeah, that they weren't, they were not joking. Um, so there was a lot of speculation as to someone else being behind her doing what she did. Right. Come to find out. No, it, it's, it was totally all her in this right. case. It was, it was, it was, it was all Agatha and Wanda. Right. So, now, unless it comes down to. Right. Now, unless something happens in Doctor Strange or something along the lines of saying, well, no, she actually wasn't. I actually, you know, because sometimes they've done that in comic books. Like you have whole ass arcs that happen. It's like, oh, no, I did something that was it was kind of me that sent her 
you know, to do that. She just Agreed. didn't know it. So we don't know if we're getting something like that and from a movie or anything, but as far as we know at this point, it was pretty much that case. That being the said, that being said, um, let me see. Let me take a quick gander at this. So the the oh, the only other thing I will also say, we didn't so we didn't get a whole lot of Monica, Jimmy Woo, or Darcy in this particular issue. Right. They just make like the strictest of cameo appearances. Right. With Monica getting probably the, the most of it with her with her one scene. Right. But still, yes. Uh in that and then she even yeah, and her and Jimmy does have uh um, do, do do uh share a mid credit scene um at the beginning of that. But that being said, so the so like I said, for the most part, the short strokes is big uh, superhero fight. Things have resolved. Things don't go. Things don't end happily for Wanda. Um, and some comic book things kind of sort of happen uh, that will probably come up later. I, I think that's pretty much that. And we also find out that Pietro was not who we thought it was. Right, right, right. There's a couple of reveals here that debunk several fan theories that uh, were being perpetuated throughout this series. And obviously... <laughs> Uh, there's going to be people, and there were plenty of people who were disappointed because it turned out that their theories did not uh, come true, were not um, were not proven correct right. by the end of the series. But you know what? That's what theorizing is. Is you know you have to you know, and that's what this this whole adventure has been. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been amplified one because of the pandemic. You know, a yes. lot of people still are for the most part staying home or going out very little. So having new content like this was something that a lot of people jumped on, especially um, given the fact that we have not had a lot of MCU content in almost two years. Right. And it's it's also doing this on it. Right. And it's also doing the thing that I kind of saw at the end of, or at least in the last couple of days of that, because I know there have been a couple of people like, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what kind of wild speculation is going to happen for Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I see less, (laughs) Of that happening, like some of that is definitely going to happen, but less so than in Wonder Vision because Wonder Vision was such an out of out of left field thing in 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 uh, in his execution and in his, uh, in what we what we you know uh, what we found out it was going to be in the beginning. So right, the way the story the way the story unfolded was completely unorthodox, mm-hmm. and that is to its benefit. Yes, because it definitely created people. It definitely created curiosity in people, and it created, you know, a dom- you know, some people were turned off by it, which is annoying because why on earth would you be turned off by something in this, you know, in in this universe that doesn't that starts out in like the most weird, like you said, out of left field way, mm-hmm. you know, that that's not enough to turn me off, yeah. you know, like do something crazy with the character maybe, but this is. You know the way the the story's presented that was pretty novel, and right. it turned out to be explained during uh you know over the course of the show, right? Um, and that just goes back to people's attention spans and whatnot. Because yeah, that was definitely annoying to hear that. I was like, oh, what is this? But anyway, right. And 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 a couple more things before we get back into the uh, the story itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that this series was released you know once essentially once the first two episodes were released we got one episode every week and that led to lots of people you know doing internet deep dives 
and jumping all over the place and trying to figure out what could be happening. And part of it is, you know, uh, kind of a return to a, 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 a way of consuming television that hasn't been that, 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 that kind of went away for a little while, you know, in the age of binging and streaming. But now with it back, at least for, for, for this, you know, in, in this regard, it's kind of fun to kind of go back to that and be right. like, oh, did you watch? Oh, okay. So, you know, what do you think is going to happen next? That's pretty fun. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you just said on that. Um, so, but that being said, uh, back to the story. Again, we are talking WandaVision spoilers. So if you're averse to that or if you don't care, probably another, say, 10 minutes, we'll probably be talking about it before we get into the news, which will also probably spoil some stuff. Um, right. uh, back to this this recap. Was there anything actually? I think the probably the most pressing thing outside of, um, like, we know Wanda, we, we got, Wanda got her name, that her finally got her name, quote unquote. Uh, at the end of the last episode. So we got that out of the way. The big fight mm -hmm. happens. Uh, Blank Vision also shows up. He and the other Vision fight like we expected them to. Uh, and then that, I guess, a big thing that happens goes with that, which leaves the door open for something. And that's kind of sort of comic, comic book accurate. Not Well, it's not comic book accurate. That's not true at all. But it kind of plays on some of that. In fact, there's a couple of things. One that I didn't even notice right off the bat. But um, so the two visions fight and they're, you know, monologuing. Of course, there's a meme that came out of that, which people have taken towards. And that was uh, that's uh, been a whole amusing thing in itself. But mm -hmm. um, once that gets taken care of and um, we get another superhero moment with uh, with um, the whole family and the uh, and the sword agents and Hayward. Uh, well, Hayward less so because he got hemmed up, but um, with the sword agents uh, and that, and that gets taken taken care of by um, by the boys and uh, one Monica. Uh, Lord, why was I about to call her Lewinsky? Jesus Christ, um, Monica Rambo. <laughs> something else on their mind. No, sir. Um, Monica Rambo, who gets a little bit of a hero uh, uh, moment in there, which also gave me questions because we know she got her powers uh, in a previous episode, and she knew she got it, but I, it is not clear as to the extent of it that she knew she had. So the fact that right. she did what she did with potential or not the, as much knowledge of her full power set that we know she has Right. you know kind of was kind of questionable like did she actually know she was going to be able to do that you know yeah, exactly that was very you know th th there's a lot of uh things that are left to be resolved for that character and i think that's on purpose yes because that stuff's uh, going to be out probably more likely going to bear out in captain marvel 2 exactly exactly and i'm uh, starting to question secret invasion at this point also because of the mid-credits scene oh, absolutely, get to that. absolutely absolutely um uh, so you talked about uh, essentially how these characters resolve things. You know, they, uh, they, you know, the, uh, the the hex eventually comes to an end mm -hmm. because um, Wanda realizes that what she's doing needs to stop. Yes, and, and she also and turns the table. Needs... And she also turns the table in a way uh, that I I kind of actually enjoyed. She turned the table. Right, on I didn't see that coming. Yeah, no, not really. Because we should have though. Because of the fact that we have seen this in comics a couple of times, 
But right. at the same time, like while it was going on, we were just so engrossed. And I get it because we were so engrossed in what was going on. We didn't, it was pretty much the, the flourish, as uh, Jimmy said earlier in the, in the, image, uh, in the uh, episode. That's uh, funny. So I love that that's a kind of a callback to that without even saying that. But um, so this is like, because I, I did kind of question like, yeah, she is doing a lot of missing, but it could have been just because of you know, things been the blame. But then we find out, bloop, she turned the tables on Agatha in the way that Agatha got her in the first place. Right, and we also right. saw a couple of um, other uh, Wanda's uh, MCU tricks come into play. Uh, oh, sure. In, in this uh, in this episode, so that was also good to see. But yeah, right. So uh, uh, you, you know uh, that you know that essentially leads to as as Radikat mentioned, uh, you know the, the the ending. We also get um, Hayward, you know, just being a, a, a complete whack job, like he's shooting little little kids. What? Um, yeah, I feel still feel like his heel turn was not fully earned. He was very two dimensional. Yeah, uh, he was not a big bad, and I think that was on purpose. Also, because I think you know, you know, and one thing that I think is is going to be part of the 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 aftermath, one of the after effects of this story, is the fact that what we didn't realize in this show was that they specifically wanted to center upon Wanda throughout the entire show. This was not necessarily about developing anything other than Wanda. You know, we do get a little bit of Monica Rambeau, but as I said earlier, it seems like we're going to be getting more of her in Secret Invasion, possibly, possibly, or and Captain Marvel too, definitely, definitely, yeah. Uh, we get, um, um, we get a little bit of, you know, you know, we get obviously Monica Rambeau's introduction, and we get Agatha Harkness's introduction, but the crux of the story, the main focus, the main thrust of this entire show is Wanda, to a lesser extent, uh, the reintroduction of the Vision. Right. So that's really the that those were really the um, the big. Uh, 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 goals for the for the show, and you know I'm not a hundred percent keen on promoting other podcasts. Obviously, I've promoted Binge Mode <laughs> before, but I did send a link to Roddy Cat, uh, which is in the show notes. Yes, right, it's in the show notes because it's also where a lot of our news stories come from, and it the reason and, and we'll get to them and what comes up in the interview on this podcast, but it's the Fat Man Beyond podcast with Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin, and it's also on YouTube, but um, they were lucky enough to get director Matt Shackman on their show in essentially the immediate aftermath of uh, episode nine. And that is that was huge because it, answered so many questions it became so informative and really cleared any doubts i had in my head about what they were trying to accomplish during the season so i feel like they definitely accomplished what they set out to do and they had a very clear-eyed uh notion of what direction they wanted to go in despite the fact that we all wanted to see all of these developments because you know like i said partially because we hadn't seen any mcu stuff in so long we wanted to see if um this would set up that much more of phase four even though we did get a couple of things set up we wanted so much more because we've been starved we've been 
deprived of of this for, you know for so long that i think if it weren't for the 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 pandemic we would all have been happy that oh we got captain marvel uh, uh, uh captain marvel 2 developments oh we got uh photon developments oh we got akatha we would have been happy to get what what you know like kind of a normal amount of teases and 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 and, and mild fan service to move forward into phase four right but i think you know we we, we were asking for much more just because of the circumstances so right because that definitely that engineer the engineer thing didn't bear out the engineer theory that people were talking about didn't bear out. and i told people it was like yeah i don't see i don't see them doing that here because it didn't make any kind of sense to do it here right right and if you listen to what matt shackman says it made all the sense in the world right so like i like i mentioned i don't know did you have a chance to watch it or not not yet yet. Mm -mm. so you know you get you're getting some of it in the articles Right, right. You're getting some of the some of that stuff in the articles, but it's worth it to. And if you're not um, uh, driving somewhere, or if you're not like trying to listen to the podcast, you can just pull up the YouTube video, and 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 listen to them uh, interview Shackman. And it's really uh, uh, one of the the better done uh, reviews. And like I said, it's right on the heels, right on the heels of the, the episode dropping. So mm-hmm. it really does help. Um, I think enhance the experience of watching the the, the series. Uh, you know, listening, you know, listening or watching that interview will enhance your appreciation of the series. Right. So that being said, um, I know yeah, like everything you said about the whole Agatha and the Monica loved all of that regardless of, and even the resolution of how Agatha got dealt with was interesting. Cause that kind of opens the door for them to bring her back up at some point. Um, and also Absolutely. still weirdly enough, harkens back to Pleasant Hill. <laughs> to Pleasant, yeah, Pleasant Springs, Pleasant Hill. That's what it was, um, in a sense. Right. Remember, I was always, I was always calling it Silent Hill after the video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, almost got me doing that at one point too. <laughs> right. Um, but there was a something, something else I was going to say on that, but that I can't remember. So it'll, it'll probably come back on us. So we should probably uh, move on to the post-credit scenes, which is, yes. um. I don't want to say it's the meat of it because everything that happened in the actual episode prior to that was kind of, um, you know, was, was definitely kind of wrapping things up. Oh, the one thing I forgot to mention uh, in the whole Pietro thing, Boner. Oh, I don't want to spoil what Shackman says. It's actually a reference too. Oh yeah, I know, and I know I I know what the reference was because I believe I. I was watching another video and it, and it had a close up of something that was like, yeah, that totally was. And even if you're given the whole sitcom, uh, if it's what I'm thinking that you're talking about, if the whole sitcom um, uh, references that they've, uh, homages that they've done throughout the course of the thing, yeah, this definitely plays heavily into that. Right. It's definitely a sitcom reference. Yes. So. And and I knew that when, because we, even when he said, I was like, really? They actually did that, huh? Okay. And then it, once it was confirmed with what I saw in the in the Easter egg video, I saw I was like, oh wow, okay, right. right. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, but yeah, like I said, the Pietro stuff was a bummer. But it is, you know, I, I halfway kind of expected like they, whether they were going to do that or not. Uh, but let's see, the mid credit scene happens uh, after oh, one. Say, hold that thought. Okay. Hold that thought because let's not give short shrift to the fact that. Um, and this is something I took from the interview is that we saw the the stages of grief being 
played okay, that's, out by that, Wanda. Thank you. That's what I was going to mm-hmm. mention because we mentioned this last episode that yeah, this whole this whole thing has been about her and going back to what you were saying earlier. Also, this whole thing has been about Wanda going through the, grief, the stages of grief and right. Yeah, and and we get you know some resolution, maybe not final resolution, but some resolution to her coping and dealing with the stages of grief um in this episode so let's not give that short shrift oh yeah that no 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 that that was a, that was yes. right you know, that was exactly what i was going to mention um, right we shouldn't just um uh be critical of the fact that we didn't get what we wanted in terms of developments for the mcu but here's right? the thing though it was so uh, great no, no, but hold, on, but hold, but hold the thought okay. but what we got was wanda's story right but that's all so, I was going to do, I say to add on to that. It was so great that they did that like that because yeah, right. yeah, it took the whole nine episodes to kind of do it. But and you could kind of see early on, like once things started happening, that was the case, whether you wanted to see that or not. But it was pretty much told early on that it was like, yeah, this is totally what's going through, and you just see the stages as they go on with you know with every other episode and this and other. But it was done great. Like I can't, I can't think of a a better way to have done that. And and it's all on service of getting her. Some people are postulating that she could be the new big bad of the of Phase Four. We don't. I don't know if they're going to do that. Right. Go either way, and that's the best part. Is right. That it's not completely telegraphed. Right. But it gets her to a place to where she could go on to do other things, and we know she's going to be in the new, the new Dark Strange movie. So you know, it gets her past this point that we. Somebody inevitably probably would have said like did she actually have time enough to grieve or anything or, or like that but yeah no it's right here in this in this whole thing mm-hmm. now the one thing I, I that i'm actually kind of bummed about that we didn't get to see and and i kind of get i guess why because this is probably going to come up later um in the comic books uh just like somehow it played out here we wanted to solve vision's body that's played out on the table last uh last uh episode or two whatever yeah last episode um but then New Blink Vision comes back at some point later and they have the little talking and he's like, I don't know who you are. I mean, I have all the memories, but I don't have the connection that we had. That was the thing that was in the comics. That part doesn't happen. Um, uh, but at some point, I'm pretty sure that's probably going to happen in, in, in so at some point in Phase 4. You gotta, you, you gotta wonder. Uh, that being yeah, it seems likely because the story of uh, the pale or white vision is unresolved. Right. That's another thing that we have to mention um, because we do have the reintroduction of vision uh, after um, after uh, what happened in Infinity War. So, uh, you know, that is left unanswered, which is good because we know that's going to come up later on in phase four. Right. But also we know it gets to a place, the the most logical place it was going to with that. Right. Or literally logical, because that's one of the ways the story, uh, that that his story, um, resolved itself. Because we get the we get the superhero battles, we get Agatha versus uh, Wanda, but we also get um, uh, uh, Magic Vision versus um, a Pale White Vision, and we don't get too much combat between the visions. What we do get instead is a philosophical debate, right? Which stopped everybody in their tracks, and I know got some very um uh interesting uh comments and reviews from watchers right it was an actual fight within yourself with yourself um that was both physical and philosophical 
Right. So that was like they 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 did some really great things with this with WandaVision uh that I appreciate even you know along for the ride as the weeks went by. Um but yeah, so going back to the mid credit scene, Wanda right. this is after Wanda leaves, the FBI starts cleaning up, Jimmy Woo's taking charge, we'd love to see it. Um uh and Jimmy Woo and Monica talk for a, a brief moment before Another agent, which uh, I I don't know, if, I can't remember if it's that same agent, but I think there was a reference to an agent in, in a video that I saw that might be referenced to some someone else uh, in the MCU from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at that. I don't know if that actually holds true or not, but, you know, I, I saw that kind of interesting because I don't remember seeing the name. Regardless, um, Jimmy Woo, want, uh, Monica Talk. They they go their separate ways. Monica gets led into this movie theater where she's supposedly she's going to uh, to be talking to some folks, but it comes to find out that this agent is a scroll who was sent by. <laughs> yep, who was sent by uh, and I, and I quoting this article here and quoting the person sent by a a a friend of Monica's late mom. Right now, that could be one of two people. Uh, most notably as this article says, and, and I totally went t- towards was Nick Fury. Cause we know, cause he, cause the scroll even points up to the sky and we know right. Nick Fury is up in space, um, uh, with, uh, Talos or well, Talos was on earth as of Spider-Man, but still, um, uh, we, this is happening before far from home. Do we know that? Yeah. Okay. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that part, but I assumed right. it was because, because this is because this is happening essentially on the heels of Endgame, uh, weeks. right? Maybe yeah, less like than weeks. a month, right? Right. Uh, Far from home, um, I think is is intended to be um, the same school year or maybe the next school year. So that's how I read that. That um, we 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 were fortunate to know that Nick is in space because of Far from Home, but that actually happens after this. Uh, one division series so i feel like i i slightly disagree with that because of when monica came back during the blip supposedly with the same time every well it was the same time everybody else did which was shown in far from home right but that was a flashback remember the blip is an endgame right but i'm saying but when everybody came back that's when the, the that's when um that's when the flashback came back. So it had to have been sometime after that. So I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, you're probably right in that. Yeah, it could very well be before that part, that in credit scene in in uh, Far From Home. But it doesn't feel no, like. No, no, I'm not talking about the end credit scene in Far From. I'm talking about all of Far From Home. But that kind other of than in that little video, because what they show is a video montage. Remember, right? Uh, I do remember Far that. From Home, they show a video montage of the blip and the effects of the blip. But remember, they had to go on. They had to go back to school. They had to go on a school trip. So I think some time has passed. Um, and and remember, uh, Aunt May is doing um, uh, like uh, the, that that help. Um, what you call it? She started that like self help group, right. uh, the support group that is. Right. So I think uh, I I think in just the you know, and oh, obviously timelines are wonky when it comes to Spidey. But yeah. just from the effects of. Uh, 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 of the blip and what we've seen develop so far, it seems like, and this is not that, you know, I'm not putting them into like a specific window of time. Sure. More that's, that's, that, 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 that's finer or more precise than just one comes before the other. Right. That's all. Right. 
Yeah, again, like yeah, we don't definitely know we have no definite time frames. And I and I see what you're saying about that part. And yeah, that could still bear out, but like I said, until we get like a, a more concrete time time timeline on that, we don't necessarily know. I'm still mm-hmm. I still kind of sort of question it, but yeah, it that kind of makes more sense. Right. Regardless the reason why the reason why I say that is that um you know, we're, we're, it's, we're, I think it's meant to imply that it's Nick Fury. I don't think there's question about it because of what right. we saw in Far From Home. But oh, yeah, we're no. lucky to have seen that because it's not actually in sequence. So right, but and only like I said, well, yeah, like I said, we that will bear out at some point. I'm fairly sure, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm going to assume definitely that is going to be Captain Marvel too. But going back to what we were saying, we know Secret Invasion is coming up, which is a show, not a movie, on Disney Plus. Uh, it's going to be Nick Fury and Talos doing whatever it is they were doing. Um, it's reasonably assumed, excuse me, or it can be reasonably assumed. We don't know this for certain at all that Monica could potentially show up in Secret Evasion. Um, and I guess it kind of depends on when Captain Marvel is going to come up in relation to Secret Invasion. Right. It doesn't necessarily hinge on that, but you can kind of see where that you can see where that kind of goes because like i said i know that show is upcoming and i know there's a time frame when the show but i have to have to look at the um whatever the schedule the tentative schedule schedule is so far uh for that so we know a set of captain marvel 2 definitely we we potentially know secret invasions could be possible where monica shows up and i'll be glad if she did um and then we get into the actual end credit scene where we cut to some out of way place. Some people are saying Sokovia. Some people are saying um, I can't remember. Some people what other people are saying. But regardless, we see some remote cabin. Yeah, it's a couple. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, go ahead and yeah. and and, and uh, I'll mention some of the other options that people have mentioned. Yeah. Um. Uh. And yeah, even one in relation to an upcoming show. But yeah, uh, we see we kind of pan in on Wanda at this remote. Uh, cabin out in the woods somewhere not in the woods but near a mountain i honestly thought wonder gore for like a brief second but i don't know if that bears out i was about to say some uh, now that we're talking about it, i was going to hold off until you're done but um <laughs> it uh the, the, there's conjecture whether or not it was uh at the base of like mount wonder gore mm-hmm. there's conjecture about whether or not that was bruce banner's cabin <laughs> right yeah you know maybe he maybe she got that from uh the avengers files or something or from banner even right. you never know so uh, yeah uh, but that was one of the other the, the, you know th- those are some of the other options but she's in a distant cabin looking for some alone time and yes. what is she doing she's making some tea or coffee or she's definitely boiling some water right well, at least one of her but, is What's that exactly? What what the, what? That's what her physical self is doing, and what we also see uh, is her astral form uh, suspended or floating with uh, the dark hold in front of her, and she's flipping through it. And we get the voices of uh, the voice, at least I think of Billy. Billy. I don't think that's Tommy. Yeah. Or no, it could be Tommy and not Billy. It's one or the other. I think it's Billy. Speed. No. Billy, I think Billy. it's Tommy Wiccan. No, no, Billy is to, uh, Wiccan. Oh, is that Billy Kaplan? Oh, yeah. that's right, Tommy's. Yeah, yeah that's right. Tommy, Tommy's speed. I got them yeah. backwards. Yeah, it it happens. I've done it. Um, 
but I I want to say that's Billy, but we're not really sure. It could have been both of them because because there was a little bit of echo on it. So, but it it, it kind of feels like it's one over the other. But we don't know. So there so there in that part there is also a little bit of uh some would say conjecture and anything because what we know about especially like say Doctor Strange's astral self he uh, especially classically in the cartoon in the cartoon in the comic books and whatnot he's usually not conscious. Or his body, he's pretty much left his body. His spirit has left his body. Because even we saw a similar thing happen in Doctor Strange where, you know, he was, his body was asleep and he was up, you know, um, uh, studying in his astral form. But in this case, we see Wanda fully awake, uh, making some tea or coffee, whatever the case may be, while her astral form, or at least some people think it's, it's her astral form. Some people think it might not even be it might be another version of her because people are still on that. Is that evil Wanda or not? You know, okay. Right. Well, but, yeah, there's, yeah, it's not clear. Right. Because, because of what uh, the physical form is doing. Exactly. You know, it could just be a decoy. Uh, you know, my, my initial thought was that it was a decoy just to, just in case there was like a nosy neighbor. <laughs> She's dealt with nosy neighbors just recently. Definitely. That there is uh, a decoy that is kind of doing normal things while she's doing what she's doing with the dark hold. So right. that was actually my initial thought. And then when I started reading, I was like, oh, that that's probably her astral form, the way we saw it in Doctor Strange. But it's not 100% certain. Right. But the problem with that is, like I said, what, what I just said with the whole Doctor Strange was not conscious, or its physical form was not conscious while he was in astral form. But we also find out in the course of this episode or was the last session one or two that she's stronger than than the social supreme so right. that could also still that's bear out that she that's could do the claim. that right that's right. the claim by these witches right so. so technically maybe she could be strong enough to hold two uh two forms at one time we know she can bend reality we know she she can keep a whole town under her sway <laughs> you know mm-hmm. uh, um at a, at a given time so it's not outside the realm of possibilities that she could hold two forms at one time um, but yeah, she's so studying the dark home, which talk hold, which by the way has been seen in agencies, and someone someone said it was also in Runaways. Yes. Um, was it the same one that was in Agents of Shield? Because we know they're like kind of different. No. no, but they named them as the dark hold. Right, and we'd also well for some strange reason Agents of Shield is not even canon anymore, quote unquote canon anymore. So yeah, it, it it faded away from canon <laughs> in the MCU. Yeah, unfortunately, I think early on it it, it obviously stro- strove to be part of MCU canon. Right, but they went in a different direction once uh, Winter Soldier passed. And again, like you were saying earlier with uh, that other property that they, that was conveying, what if they what if it was on Disney Plus? Right. And granted, yeah, unlike that, though, they did definitely, like you said, did try to kind of keep it in line with what's going on with the MCU. So I don't know. I kind of know where it kind of went out of canon, but I hate the fact that it did because that kind of sucks. So because I don't know if I've seen things, seen or heard people like, yeah, well, now they're treating it like it's another reality. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's kind of ridiculous. Right. Well, because they did a time jump also. So they're definitely, I think, treating it as another reality, that, or at least another branch of reality, right. or a, ba- a branch of a timeline, that is. Right. So that's how I that's how I see them treating Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, you know, my hope is that they do find a way to uh, to to, uh, to fold uh, Daisy Johnson in. Um, I oh, hope I that, take all uh, of them. What's that? I take all of them. May Colson back. Oh, you know, yeah. all of them. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, 
the the question of whether or not they'll ever they're ever going to acknowledge in the MCU what happened in Runaways or what happened in Cloak and Dagger or what happened in um Agents of Shield. Uh, uh, no, no, no. What happened to Ghost Rider? That is. I was oh, say, oh, oh. In right. Agents of Shield. Gotcha. Because that's a shame if they don't use or if they have to reintroduce a Ghost Rider. Or heaven forbid they go back to Nicolas Cage. Good gosh. Ah! So, so ultimately, you know, the uh, uh, the Darkhold. You know, just to just to wrap the discussion on the Darkhold. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's too much to hope that that it's all the same Darkhold. But I would love that they retcon it so that it is all the same Darkhold, and it's made its way from Morgan Le Fay to Ghost Rider to now mm-hmm. uh, Agatha Harkness. So here's the thing about that. If I remember correctly. Um, and I could be slightly mis mis misled about this. The dark hole looks differently, and I think they even said this in Agents of Shield. The the dark hole looks different to anyone who's reading it, so that could still bear out why it looks so different in Agents of Shield and Runaways and here in the actual MCU. I've I, I remember reading the same thing or hearing the same thing. Listen, like I said, as long as they try to do it and it makes a little sense, I'm fine with that. Right. Because that means they're folding in a lot of characters that have already been established. The hard work of establishing them has already been done. That's really my point. Right. I don't. I don't want them to have to, you know, keep killing themselves uh, to, to 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 introduce us to some of these newer characters when we've got old characters that really could just use a new coat of paint and just throw them into the MCU proper. Yeah. Should that. Uh, so that being said, I think I don't can't remember. The, so yeah, so guess what, folks? All your theories are wrong. Uh, we're not getting. We didn't get Mephisto that we know of. We didn't get. We didn't get the FF. We didn't. We didn't get, get the FF. Fantastic. Nope. Um, I I love the memes going around. Uh, you know, now in every show, it's gonna be like, oh, that was Mephisto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can safely assume um, Mephisto's probably not gonna show up in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Loki, who knows? Um, and it's actually speaking of Loki, I've said this before, and I will say it again. WandaVision has made me so much more hyped for Loki than I had already been because of what I, what we know was going to be going on in Loki. Because oh, you know, because if they're time varying authority well, stuff. Well, that yes, exactly. But if they're willing to get this crazy with WandaVision and it's not the same people behind it, there is hope that they could probably do something like that with Loki. Right. Well, the world of magic in the MCU has grown by leaps and bounds now. Right. And to see that Doctor Strange was, you know, even though Wanda, you know, they, they, they say that um, Wanda was really the one Avenger that that really could have taken on um, uh, mm-hmm. Thanos, but this is Thanos with, uh, with without the gauntlet. Doctor Strange was the one Avenger that with Thanos with the gauntlet actually didn't stand toe to toe, but definitely had, you know, a, a, a weak puncher's chance. Right. Because he was able to, you know, fend off so many attacks that Thanos is using with the gaunt- with the with, with the uh, almost complete Infinity Gauntlet. Right. Captain Marvel could have taken him. <laughs> <laughs> there's that callback. <laughs> right. I mean, listen. There's, there's 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 lots of debate for that, but you know, uh, uh, you know, let's not, um, you know, let's not uh, 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 poo poo how the use of magic oh, has not really at all. expanded. No. no, no, I was going to say, no, about the use of magic really expanding the storytelling possibilities in the MCU now right. with the introduction of Doctor Strange and the introduction of um, powers that don't necessarily have the best basis in science. Right. You know, because they went one way with Thor, 
and now they've gone completely the other way. Right. Which, yeah, and I believe that is probably the last section of the MCU that that had needed to be opened up. Like we got time. Well, well, we got time travel. We got magic. We got alternate realities. So we got a multiverse. Um, yeah, I, I'm not. I can't remember what else that would that would need to. Um, like, I, well, yeah, there is that. Um, but we, but yeah, that's pretty much it. That's yeah, I I absolutely get where you're going with that because that was a big thing. And we, I, I swear, if we went into the archives of the comic book chronicles and we talked about. Uh, the introduction of magic into the MCU and at Tim Dog 98 was talking about, <laughs> man, I'm not down with magic. Yes. <laughs> I yes. wish we could go and pull those archives right now and be like, this is what Tim Dog used to say about magic. Yeah, unfortunately, and... we, we do have a, a very deep archive and it would take a minute to, because we don't have them cataloged <laughs> exactly. that, that exactly. Exactly. You know, like, it'd be nice if we had all that stuff, like, keyworded, and we could just, like, pull it up, like, Tim doesn't like magic. And we went right to that episode, or right. episodes, right. multiple episodes where he mentions that. So, But hey, if somebody uh, wants to start a, a comic book chronicles wiki and, and do all of that... <laughs> <laughs> you go right on the head. I, I can't. I can't help you on that one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, but 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 like I said, you know, it's it's uh, and and to, to kind of um, take what you were saying and 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 and, and expand upon it, mm-hmm. where the expansion of magic really has opened up several storytelling avenues that they could go that the the MCU creators can go down, and like you said, really gives the creators behind Loki um, uh, license to go in all sorts of craziness and all sorts of crazy directions. One would hope. Like, obviously, Falcon and Winter Soldier, as far as we know it right now, which is going to be in another week or so, or actually, wait, in another week, not even oh so. Because um, as of as of this recording right now, it'll be a couple of hours from now, a week from now. But right, what we get right, what we get this week is actually, and and uh, by the time you guys get this, uh, if you're watching this live or on YouTube, uh, you'll be getting it, you know, roughly simultaneously with the release of the making of documentary. Oh right, yeah, which, that's coming out this week. Yeah, which we had news but, on uh, that, but you know, right, and yeah, I think that'll come up in the news. I think I saw yeah. that real quick as I was scrolling, but um, uh, but yeah, so we are only a week away from the release of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And it's going to be a more straightforward story in the yeah. sense that, you know, um, there's still going to be twists and turns. Don't get me wrong. I think, I think there's going to be, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a modified adventure spy story. Just it's more grounded. Just Soldier, you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you're expecting WandaVision shenanigans, there's no reason to believe there will be, but yeah, if there's any twists and turns, it'll be more grounded. For sure. Because that's where we're going to get the fantastic... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would be messed up. That would absolutely be messed up. Like, I'm I would people, cry laughing, be like, yo, they got us. Feige got us really good. Pretty much. Because, yeah, because I was telling people, like, yeah, the whole the hope for that is probably going to be... They wouldn't do that for this. They would do it in, if anything, Doctor Strange, because that makes totally much sense, but we'll see if that's even going to happen. Uh, that right. being said, I, th- I think we've wrung that one dry hmm um are you going yeah, to go and do a rewatch eventually maybe not right away but eventually yeah just out of you know just out of uh, you know uh nostalgia just because i really did enjoy the fact that we were getting uh mcu stuff on a regular basis again mm-hmm. yeah true 
and it was, it was and it helps people to well it helps most people attention anyway obviously with the numbers that it got uh which we will probably find out of next week fully but mm-hmm. um actually we probably should have but i can't remember if i got that in there regardless so um let us move on to the actual news section and we'll start off with the cinematic news like we normally do uh let's transition mm-hmm. and again we're still not off the wonder vision train just yet but we're going to try to blow through some of this because we already talked about some of it wonder vision brought the dark hole to the mcu here's what it could have mean uh and this was a spoiler for you know uh wonder vision episode nine if, if that was not clear in any of this we've said uh, and the article just pretty much break down what they think could potentially happen. Some of which maybe we even mentioned. Um, and even the, uh, if you don't know about the origins of the dark hole, this article will definitely bring you up to speed on that. Next up. All righty. Uh, Agatha <laughs> all along nears 1.8 million Spotify streams ahead of the WandaVision finale and uh, since then probably has a lot more. It's oh. got to be in lots of playlists already because it is proven to be uh, 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 very popular. It has proven to be a very popular song. Yeah. I still find myself humming it every once in a oh. while. Oh, absolutely. And, oh, I was about to say and 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 um, the fact that they, they, they implemented the word perfidious into it is just awesome. Yeah, that was that was well done. Um, shout out to the people who definitely shout out to the folks who did the music on, especially the theme song. Some of them were a little iffy and off, but for the most part, they were spot on for what they were supposed to be, uh, referencing what they were supposed to be. But um, Agatha all, all along has pretty much gotten to the point where there is a person, and I'm gonna shout this person out who will probably not even see this. Uh, but shout out to a, a friend of mine, Kitter Cat who we have co-opted the uh, the lyrics to uh, Agatha all along to her name. <laughs> 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 and we and we and we cite it constantly when when, when uh, on Twitch chat in Twitch chat. So it's uh it has gotten some legs all the way around. Uh next up though, uh speaking of the theme song, uh Agatha's all along's theme song took a half an hour to record. Bet you didn't even notice. <laughs> that is like a half an hour, right? Right. Um. So yeah, there's an article with uh with uh Catherine Hong, who you know, actually from what I've seen, has done a lot of things. I think we've said before. Um, you know, a t- some would say a two to force in one division. Uh, uh, but um, she was in a recent interview where she spoke about her her interest. Actually, there's a couple of things on here uh, citing her in here, but I think I skipped one. Um, but she was talking about how, you know, how much fun she had in, um, uh, in doing the song and, um, she knew that she knew the fact that I guess was going to get it and how the director and, uh, the, the creator, you know, brought the idea to it and all that kind of good mess and asked her if she was singing it and she was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And, um, but this article kind of goes into, um, with that whole thing, we wouldn't own the go do, but it's a it's an interesting read. You should check it check it out, and it's not that long of a read either. So, um, outside of the fact of how long it took to record that song, mm-hmm. next up. All right, next up. So as I mentioned uh, earlier, um, Matt Shackman was on the Fat Man Beyond podcast, and there's several articles that uh, that were found that we're citing here that reference that make reference to. Uh, some of the things brought up, one of them 
in this article is that there is a deleted scene from WandaVision that would have seen Agatha's rabbit familiar turn into a demon. Um, go to the article and go to the uh, interview for more. But at the end of the day, I believe Shackman said something along the lines of everyone would have said, that's Mephisto! And, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, that would have just uh, created more of a headache. But they ended up deleting the scene. But yeah, there was an intention to use uh, Monsieur, what was it? Uh, Senior Scratchy. Scratchy. Not Monsieur mm-hmm. Scratchy. Senior I, Scratchy. I was bummed that it wasn't a black cat. Just, just to be a little more direct, but if that had happened, I would have, I would have enjoyed it. But I would still have been like, man, that could have been Ebony, that could have been directly Ebony. Right. <laughs> anyway, next up. Uh, oh yeah, so the Wonder Vision director addresses controversial line about grief, and I believe is this also coming from that? I'm not sure. And I think it's also talking about the uh, all the memes going to come from it. But a line about grief from the latest episode of WandaVision on, well, not latest, because this was for the last episode and not the, not the final episode. Uh, IGN spoke to series director Matt Shackman to offer some insight on the original intentions behind the line. I am just going to go ahead and say, like, if you actually want that, then read this article. Uh, and, and we're talking about the line, what if grief, if not love, persevering from, from episode mm-hmm. eight. If you want to know, you can read this article. If you don't want to and just want to let it wash over you for the memes that it is, then you know what? Let it roll. Next up. Right. It's it's just weird. Not weird, but I guess there's always going to be two sides. More, more than two sides. Just right. multiple sides to the argument. And now, um, you know, I, 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 I understand, but I think... You know, I think the original intent or the 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 the, the main intent of the line is fairly straightforward, and right. you know, uh, if and and for anyone who's experienced loss, who can really appreciate, you know, the I think the original or at least the the general intent. Let's put it that way. Right. Of the of line. So, all right. Next up, uh, WandaVision's Catherine Hahn introduced sex jokes to the series. Um, so she would keep turning to, she states in the article that she would keep turning to Lizzie, that's uh, Lizzie Olsen and Paul Bettany during the making of this and be like, I can't believe that this is my entrance into the Marvel world. And that, um, uh, let's see, where are the sex jokes? Uh, where is this? Yeah, I don't think I say anything specific. Uh... Oh, that she just that she just you know made sex jokes I guess during the making of the of the series I guess. Uh, well, there's there's I guess there's some things that her character said that could be construed as yeah innuendo, innuendo yeah yeah some innuendo. I so guess. that's okay. probably it. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, next up, the Zoop. Uh, one division showrunner says there was no backup plan. There was no plan B for Pietro casting. So basically, Jack Schaefer said like uh, I believe it says in this article. Uh, says, using Peters, uh, Evan Peters, was an enormous question mark for a very long time. She told the New York, New York Times, and it took a while to figure out if it would be possible. It was late that it was finally confirmed that we could do it, but we were writing for it. Uh, Evan is such a chameleon in that way that could play it, um, an amalgamation of Full House's Uncle Jesse, uh, Nick and Joey from Friends, and also Boner from Growing Pains. <clears throat> um, Schaefer admitted 
that if the bosses at Marvel had said no to using extras for the uh, X-Men universe, that she didn't have an alternative. Uh, and she also go back to quote to say the ground is also shifting and sometimes uh, that's how the amazing things happen occur. Uh, there are a couple of scenes that I wrote and I'm like, uh, this is genius. And then I'm like, no, you can't have that toy. Uh, you, you can find a, a different toy that suits your show better. But there wasn't a plan beyond that. And there were just very intense hopes and dreams and they were met. And this article is going on to say that the, it, this apparently contradicts some something that Feige said last month. So I don't know if that's true or not, but it is what it is. Next. Alrighty, next up. So as I mentioned earlier, this week, uh, Friday, March 12th, uh, to be more precise, uh, you can go behind the scenes with uh, Marvel Studios uh, assembled the making of WandaVision. Uh, so you, that will uh, allow you to take a peek um, into the making of this series. So, uh, you know, go on Disney Plus and enjoy that, and it will help tide you over until Falcon and the Winter Soldier next week. Absolutely. Miss um, Marvel set video shows Kamala Khan dressed as Captain Marvel. A new video from the set of Miss Marvel showcases a key element of the comics in play. Uh, the Iman Villani Brazil account uh, on Twitter posted a video of Iman Villani on the set of Miss Marvel climbing atop the roof of a house as the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Miss Marvel. Uh, her character wears a red and blue costume similar to Captain Marvel's Avengers Endgame. I mean, that's kind of her her comic character anyway. But anyway. Right. Um, this scene marks another element from the first arc of uh, Miss Marvel, No Long Normal, that will come into play in the series. Uh, and if you know about that, uh, that particular arc, which I believe is the Kelly Sue DeConnick one, which is great. Um, no, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, Miss Marvel. So it's uh, um, um, G. Willow Wilson. Sorry. Right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, but yeah. Go back and read that if you if you haven't already because it's a, it's a very good arc uh, and very good introduction to uh, to to, Ms., to to Kamala. Next up, next up, uh, there is there are a pair of TV spots for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier which have been released featuring the titular titular titular. What's on my <laughs> mind, right? <laughs> titular duo in action and teasing their eventual showdown with Helmut Zemo. The first clip features Sam Wilson reciting the speech Steve Rogers gave during Captain America the Winter Soldier. And the second uh, promo features a speech about how the country is vulnerable and needs new heroes, as well as Wilson and Bucky Barnes is discussing their working relationship. Yep. So we're going to get all buddy cop here in the next week. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier Marvel Le Legends series, which is only a couple of episodes but in Marvel Legends is already a series, uh, is on Disney Plus at this moment. So you can go on here as of actually last week, right after um, uh, WandaVision ended, could go and see the couple of episodes, the short episodes that are showcasing uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, respectively. And basically all what the Marvel Legends series is, is like um, just like the vision of Sir Earl, which one you pretty much see all of the finer points of their um, time in the MCU uh, with various scenes from various movies. Some of it should have, well, some of it I'm actually glad didn't um, rehash the other because, you know, because they have shared a few different scenes. So you see one scene and another, that's Jones scene and other, but they did it pretty well. So, you know, if you need a little refresher on, on uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier in their MCU 
uh, in the their MCU showings. Check those out. Next up. Next up, uh, what sets the Falcon apart from the MCU's other heroes, according to Kevin Feige? Uh, basically, Feige says that uh, Sam Wilson, is play, as played by Mackie, is different than a Thor or Black Panther because he's not from another planet or a king from another country, Feige told Variety. He's an African-American man. He's got experience in the military and doing grief counseling with soldiers who have PTSD. But where did he grow up? Who is his family? Mackie was excited to dig into it as this man, this black man in particular, in the Marvel version of the world outside our window. Okay. Yeah, I know some people are staying away from fucking a winter soldier because of uh, empty Mackie and some things he has said in the past. I'm still going to watch it besides that. Um, what, cut the check? No, I'm kidding. No, no, <laughs> not that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Cut the um, check. Uh, Marvel Cinematic U- actor, Universe actor Frank Grillo says he initially declined to reprise his role as Brock Rumlow, a.k.a. Crossbones, in 2019's Endgame. However, he ended up doing uh, the cameo, after all, at the insistence of his son. Uh, he was on some podcast and he pretty much laid that out and I'm not even going to go through it because he pretty much sounds like a jerk when the way he's talking. Um, that's just me. Um, but you can check that out in an article yourself. But his son, his 22-year-old son, uh, was the one that told him to do it and he did it. Nice. Go. Okay, all done? Mm-hmm. All righty, next up. So there are some, uh, oh my gosh, there are some photos, and unfortunately, they're hard to avoid, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in this day and age of social media and browsing the web. But there are some photos leaking from the Thor for Love and Thunder set. And this particular article cites um, uh, behind-the-scenes photos of Natalie Portman flexing flying skills in behind-the-scenes photos. And, uh, you know, photos from the set show Portman dressed as Modest Jane in Chuck Taylor sneakers, a hoodie and jeans, experimenting with her strength and newfound ability to fly. Uh, there also... Do you, have, do you have an article about her being jacked also? Um, the, the pictures are in here, um, but oh, not, not okay. specifically about her being jacked, yeah. Oh, no, there's pictures of her, like, you know, like her arms right now, like, like the way she's, like, kind of built her upper body up. Right. And she really has put yeah, she's, in a she's decent amount of work. Yeah, like the, uh, the jacked up. Right, like yeah, the pictures that they show here are, don't necessarily do it that much. But also, as much as I hate to say it, they kind of when I first saw them, they kind of looked jacked. I mean, not jacked, uh, photoshopped. But like, no, right. no, that's that's her. That's, that's apparently. Uh, but also, the next time you see her on, on Saturday Night Live and she's doing one of those Natalie Portman raps things, and she's so she's got the guns out, you'll know mm-hmm. why. <laughs> For real. So why you need a hammer when you got guns? She is totally put on some muscle mass, especially in her upper body. It's wild, man. Yeah. So, hey, we'll see how that all pans out uh, when when Love and Thunder comes out. Uh, next up, uh, James Gunn debunks rumors of Zac Efron joining Guardians of the Galaxy number three. So, here... Uh, a little bit of before this, sometimes you, uh, when you're pulling up news stories, sometimes you get rumors that seem enticing. Uh, some people run with said rumors. 
and then they get deliciously dis- well not deliciously, i'm not trying to give them that much credit but um sometimes they get debunked rightfully so in a in a manner befitting the um the, the nature of said rumors and that's what happened here so in response to a report from the illuminarity which yes we have used them before but just as in you know little things to um you know pick at not necessarily as you know gospel uh originally stated that james gunn's guardians of galaxy 2 was currently casting for adam warlock the film filmmaker responded on twitter confirming that there's quote no casting on the way for volume three uh, gun also addressed the outlet reporting that marvel's looking to cast a 30 year old caucasian male who is described as both a superhero type and a zach efron type which we have seen a couple articles recently about people doing those quote-unquote types so yeah that's in their articles which is ridiculous um in what world he says in what world would i only cast a caucasian if the character has gold skin and if i wanted a zach efron type wouldn't i go for zach efron which i feel like is the thing we have said when articles like that saying xyz is looking for xyz type you know we've we've said that before but guns pretty much said that and people kind of went wild with it it's like oh he burned up real good and this and the other i'm like no he kind of just did what he when he you know what he, what he should have done it was yes it was good but it, it wasn't <laughs> like he didn't blow up the internet like people like people act like he's doing like he was doing with it like he just corrected some folks was wrong so let that be a lesson to folks to news outlets that kind of run with um 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 gossip site or rumor sites as as gospel because i've seen a many a retraction uh on uh on on there including one amusing one on twitter like they put the tweet out and then they kept the tweet but then put oh yeah uh update da 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 right above it mm-hmm. you know in re- re- reposting it so i was like well you could just fix your article anyway next up next up so um brie larson uh while responding to another post on twitter confirmed that she and actor tessa thompson are cooking something up it's a mystery project that it's in the works so we obviously recognize these actors for being um carol danvers aka captain marvel and uh the valkyrie respectively uh in the mcu um what they're teasing may not be an mcu project but uh something else so we will see what that mystery project is right yeah most likely not mcu um but yeah i'm I'm curious to see what they get into Disney CEO denies conservative blacklist accusations. So this is not necessarily on the heels because it's been a minute of uh, that whole um, Gina Carano firing from the Mandalorian, which they were right in doing. Uh, Disney CEO Bob Chapek, I guess, uh, said that the, the company doesn't have a blacklist designed to punish conservatives in light in Gina Carano's uh, firing of the Mandalorian. Shouldn't have to come out and say this bullshit, but, you know, there were some people stoking the fires of that because they're stupid. Uh, during the Walt, Walt Disney com- Company's 2021 annual meeting of shareholders, an investor told Chapik that it was clear uh, it was clear Disney had a blacklist against conservatives after Corona's firing, uh, and compared to, for comparing being a, a what she said. Y'all know what she said. We don't have to rehash all that stupid shit she said. But no, they fired her because she was wrong. <laughs> so, but you know, so yeah, 
it's it's dumb, and I don't know why they felt that they had to do it, but I guess they had to for the shareholders just to save face or whatever. Kind of thing. So it's good that they actually did do that. But it does see here it says, um, I don't really see Disney as characterizing itself as a left leaning or right leaning, as uh, Bob Jacob says, yet as standing for values, values that are universal. Values of respect, values of decency, values of integrity, and, and and values of inclusion, and so on and so on and so on. So yeah, that that happened. Next up. Next up, alrighty. Uh, Disney Plus has surpassed 100 million subscribers <laughs> in less than year and a half of launch. Within yes, less than uh, a year and a half of launch. Uh, so, um. It was announced that as of January 2nd, 2021, there were just over 94 million. Um, executives didn't say what pushed Disney Plus over 100 million subscribers. The recent success of WandaVision and Raya and the Last Dragon, which was good, by the way, hmm. likely helped. I would imagine what Mandalorian Season 2, which was not long ending before WandaVision. I mean, I don't know if it was in time for quarter, but uh, definitely I've... You could pretty safely say WandaVision, and at the oh, most, yeah. uh, Mandalorian two season two. Right, I was about to say Mandalorian wrapped what in the winter, right? I think so. Yeah. Right. So, but this remember this is they, they announced um, as of January second, there were just over ninety four million. Right. So, so that's what I'm saying. So additional that additional six plus million came in uh in you know probably you know it's probably easier to attribute that to wandavision oh, totally. and raya and anything else so raya just came out though so i don't know if we can very much attribute that to now and and i know i've heard people saying that it was all right and i didn't uh i'm i'm curious to hear your thoughts on this after the fact after after <laughs> the show but um um but yeah being that that's kind of newer came out coming out than 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 uh wandavision you can definitely say that, but I'm not. I'm. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Final date of the Mandalorian was November 12th. So yeah, right. It definitely right, right. wasn't and, that. Then. And and this a uh, shareholders meeting was when. Uh, it was like uh, last week or so. Less, yeah, January. Yeah, as of January second. So and that that was probably that same shareholders meeting from like a week or two ago, whatever it was. So yeah. Yeah, this article is March 9th. So yeah. yeah, so it's it's earlier this week. So yeah, let's say the the shareholders meeting was earlier this week or last week. So right. that fits. So definitely one division. Next mm-hmm. up. Um live action no one asked for this. Live action Powerpuff Girls taps Agents of Shield alums in lead role. Oh boy. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. alums uh, Chloe Bennett and Dove Cameron will be joining uh, Yana Peralt as the lead cast in the CW's live-action adaptation of The Powerpuff Girls. Uh, according to Variety, Bennett will portray Blossom, Cameron has been cast as Bubbles, and Peralt will play Buttercup. Why is this a thing? Don't get me wrong, I like Chloe Bennett enough to watch her in things, some things, even after whatever she said and whoever she was dating, but... I don't know. Do we need a live action? Do we need a live action any much thing anymore? No Next comment. Up. Yeah. Next up. I got nothing good to say about this. So. <laughs> Next up. You know, I'm glad, listen, I'm glad that Chloe Bennett and Dove Cameron have are, are you know are getting work. That's oh, good. absolutely, absolutely. That's much the only, that's the only good thing I can I can come up with on this one. So. Right. 
All righty, next up, The Flash kicks off uh, its season seven with a spoiler alert, spoiler alert, a major character death. Is it a major character death? I don't know, man. I haven't watched this show in ages, so So, I'm not going to judge what this headline says. All I know is that somebody bites the big one in the season seven premiere. So, And I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. It's another Wells. So if you know anything about that character in relation to the Flash TV show, there's been a bunch of them. Oh, all right. Well, I don't care. But, you know, <laughs> the point is, anyone who is a fan of these CW shows, we didn't want to necessarily spoil you. So Yeah, it's the most recent Wells. I don't know if the Council of Wells is still active or even that that was an actual thing. But regardless, hey, there you go. And, and it's, I kind of spoiled it for myself because I haven't watched season seven yet. So it doesn't, it's, it is what it is. Uh, but. <laughs> Next up, though, uh, Doom Patrol cast uh, uh, Doctor Who. I'm going to put insert that in there. And Chilling Adventures of Sabrina's Michelle Gomez as classic DC villain. Um, so yes, the name Michelle Gomez. If you are a Doctor Who fan, should ring a big bell. Um, for you, I would argue over the Sabrina show, but that's just me because I've seen it and I know the article. The article writer, who is our very own Tim, may may or may not have seen Doctor Who. I know he's not a Doctor Who fan, <laughs> so he might not have seen it. And I do also know that the the the, the first couple of entries in IMDb. Not, and I'm not by any means trying to call him out um, with this, but like I said, um, he more recently would see Doom Patrol and probably Sabrina more than, actually, I'm, not, I'm never sure about Sabrina at this point, over Doctor Who. But I know the first couple of them would be, uh, um, actually, weirdly enough, it's uh, Sabrina and DuckTales, if I remember from the IDMDB that I saw. And then it goes into Doctor Who in this. Or this is upcoming. So yeah. So according to TV line, Gomez's character will be a, a serious regular as she arrives at Doom Manor with a very specific minor, uh, mission, if only she could remember it. Uh, Madam Rogue, I'm guessing. Rouge, Rouge, you got Rouge. <laughs> you totally fell into. Yeah, well, I know. I was like, that's why I was like, I was looking at. It, I was like, is it Rouge? That's Rouge. The typo that everybody God. back in the day used to do. When oh, they were I still do to, it. Uh, write Rogue, and yeah. they would type in or write Rouge. Right. Oh, so Doom. Yeah. I literally was about to say that. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it, it's it's not it's not hard to do. Um, is a Doom Patrol villain and member of the Brotherhood of Evil, not to be confused with that other one. Right. Um, or or from um Fallout. Um, her powers consist of elasticity and body shaping to disguise her appearance. She also appeared in Teen Titans animated series and again Doctor. I mean Doctor Who. Um. Which is probably why she got this part in first, because she, she damn sure made a really good kind of sort of villain in Doctor Who. Next up. Next up. Oh, in advance of the Justice League Snyder Cut being released a week from now. It's, oh, it's going to be out next week. Yeah. We may or may not have time to watch it before our next show. But we will, if we do, we'll do our best not to spoil anything I don't care um, enough to that's do new that. or added. What? I don't care enough to do that. <laughs> I'll probably watch it sometime over next week. We'll see if I have a chance to fit it in before the show, but I doubt it. Hmm. Um, because it's not like something that you can fit in over breakfast or lunch, like WandaVision. No, it's going to be four hours off the road. Right, 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 right. So, but uh, 
Uh, Zack Snyder teased fans with a brief explanation of why the dynamic between Darkseid and Steppenwolf is, quote, very complicated, unquote, in his upcoming Justice League film. Um, so apparently some things happened in the past. Snyder said at IGN FanFest there's a bunch of issues between them. I think that all plays out. Snyder added the answer is there's quite a complex relationship there without divulging further. Okay. Sure. Next up. Whatever. Uh, Scorpion, Katana, and Cage, Drum, and Drum of Blood. Everything we know, learned on our Mortal Kombat set visit. And I know there's a couple, another article in here, but this one's from Sci-Fi. Uh, the original Kombat, Mortal Kombat game, or as some would say, Mortal Kombat! Duh, 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 duh. Anyway, um, <laughs> created by Ed Boon, until the Blinds, made with games, da, da, da. You know the, you know what it is. Uh, it's been 26 years since the first Mortal Kombat movie hit theaters, and I feel like I, I need a rewatch. Uh, despite critics generally unfavorable news, all right, we get to the point here. Sorry, Karama. What year was the movie? The original movie? Huh? What year was the original movie? Uh, it was nineteen ninety five. God. Mm-hmm. I do not. I did not watch it. Have not watched it. Really? Not going to watch it. Wait, later, ever? No, never watched. Oh, it. Oh, sir, you owe it to yourself. Well, you don't owe it to yourself, but you should. I think you should. It, it doesn't necessarily hold. It's I think it's still good. It's better than Annihilation, I would say. But well, it's, I'm but sure it's not it was a great probably movie. better than the Street Fighter movie with Jean Claude Van Damme. That's not hard to be. That is very much not hard to be. <laughs> I went to the theaters to watch that one with a buddy of mine. And we were just like, oh man, what the hell did we just do? I think I did too. It is yeah, it's it is very much better than 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 that. And again, that's not hard to be. But no, it's it's some would say along the lines of a dumb action movie, but it's also Street Fighter. So, and yeah, it was, it was under the lens of 95 and not really people understanding. Oh, they did. They did kind of understand it. They tried it. So it, yeah, it was, it was a better one of those, I guess. Anyway. Um, so yeah, it's been a while. And, um, basically sci-fi had a chance to go to talk to Simon McCoy and producer Todd Garner, who's apparently credentials are triple X state of the union. Say what you will about that. And the one, oh dear. Um, and even at Walsh, uh, after earth in edge of darkness. Again, say what you will about those, uh, along with several cast members about what it took to bring one of the most anticipated movies in recent years to the big screen. And sci-fi pretty much tells you the thing. You can read the article for yourself. Cause they, 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 um, they could do a few different things. Um, but they basically, I know they basically do say this, like, yeah, the, the, the action, the, the martial arts fights is going to be some real deal joint. Like, this is going to be some good stuff. Like they've, they've pretty much been playing up the fight scenes and judging by the, the red band trailer, I'm hoping that's actually true. Cause it, they definitely do a good showing on that. I don't know if you still saw the short cause the trailer. Cause, cause you weren't really interested in it in the first place, but yeah. I have not watched it. Sorry. Okay. No problem. No big deal. Next up. I was about to say if 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 uh, the old Mortal Kombat movie is streaming somewhere, maybe I'll I'll take a look at it. But... It was, and I want to say it might be still on Netflix or is it on Netflix? Or I will do that while you read this next one. Alrighty, so Dynamite Entertainment has sold the film, television, and streaming rights to one of its most beloved properties, Vampirella. Now listen to this name of a production company, Mike the Pike Productions <laughs> subsidiary. Arowana Media Holdings has secured the rights from Dynamite in a, in a deal that includes all Vampirella stories, characters, and derivative works. Um, 
Vampirella was created by Forrest J. Ackerman and Trina Robbins in 1969's Vampirella Number no. 1 from Warren Publishing. I did not realize that Vampirella was a relatively recent creation. I didn't either, but we know Dark Horse has been pretty much hinging everything they have on her. Uh, comic book-wise. Dynamite. Dynamite. What did I say? Yeah. You said Dark Horse. But oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, that sounds like a sketchy uh, production company. I'm not going to... I was going to say, no comment. I, I, I'm like, what a name. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, well, if they do something about it, then with it, so be it. Um, but going back to the, the Mortal Kombat thing, it is streaming on Fubo, and you can rent it from Hoopla, which is basically, uh, you can rent it from your library. Okay. Uh, if you have a library card in, in, in Hoopla, and in, in our, uh, part of Hoopla, which you should, because they do have comic books and movies and stuff there. You should definitely be checking out, and audiobooks, obviously. This is, this is not a plug for them. It kind of sort of is, I guess. They but are we're not, not being sponsored. Yes. And also, Annihilation is also on Hoopla. Uh, but you can rent them, you know, anywhere. You can rent both is those movies. The, is that the sequel movie? Yes, Annihilation is the sequel, yes. Annihilation? Oh, okay, mm-hmm. I was about to say, I'm like, I know that Marvel didn't put out a movie called Annihilation. So <laughs> no, 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 it's not gotta yet. Be else. Yeah, not yet. Um, but yeah, you can get you can rent those from, from Hoopla, or you can rent or you can rent or buy from pretty much any place else digitally. Uh, Eduardo, Eduardo Miranda Rodriguez and Rosario Dawson want Netflix to produce a La Quenya TV series. And I you know how that's pronounced before you move on. Please, I spoke, me. I've met Edgardo Miranda Rodriguez before, Edgardo, and he okay. coached me on how to pronounce uh, the, the, the hero's name. Okay, and, and it's an awful, it's an awful uh, uh, way to keep it in your mind, mm-hmm. but it's actually pronounced. Like two separate words, boring mm-hmm. and Kenya. One Kenya. Country's okay. name, yeah. So I was, so if you, I was not far off. Right, but, but that's how, but that, that was the tip that he gave me. Right. So pretty much almost like it, like it looks. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Good to know. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, comic book artist Gordo Miranda Rogers isn't going to wait around for opportunities to come knocking his door. He's taking the initiative and letting Netflix knows what he wants. Uh, February 28th, uh, Miranda Rodriguez pitched Netflix on the idea of producing a live action TV series based on his Afro-Latino superhero, uh, Labyrinthia. Quenya. I'm still going to do that. My, my mouth don't fix up. <laughs> I tried. My, I know. My mouth is just the way my mouth works. I can't I can't even do nothing about that. But regardless, uh, with an all Latinx cast and shot on location in Puerto Rico, his tweet comes in days after the streaming giant released a study that shows its uh, Latinx uh, representation was sorely lacking. And all I can say is we've been new. Because mm. they just really started uh, bumping up the... Uh, the um, the, the the black stuff and you know and that was partially due to um <laughs> um not to be fair they've been doing it before uh black history months but like that whole initiative just started within the last six months to a year so yeah anyway uh they're basically trying to get it uh done and sounds like uh rosario dawson um is also on board as a producer um, sounds like, because I know she's been doing a good bit of that. So, 
Yeah, we'll see if that comes into. I hope, kind of hope it does, because I I remember what I read of that, and it was actually some good stuff. Even if I don't have the the cultural touchstone for it, it was still a good read. Next up. Next up, the Star Trek Voyager documentary, uh, from production company Four Five Five Films, has crowdfunded a staggering six hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars after only a week which will expand the scope and runtime of the documentary film uh, based on the uh, Star Trek Voyager show, which ran from 1995 to 2001 on the UPN network. Okay. So worth noting, if you were, if you had any questions about the 455 films, and I had to just look this up because I wanted to make sure, I, this is the same people who did that uh, DS9 documentary, uh, which was great. I thought um, also the, for the love of Spock documentary. So it, there's a lot of star Trek stuff that they've done. I think probably specifically, I I'd almost dare say specifically for that reason. Cause also that witness sharing's film, the captains, which, you know, that stuff. So that they, they pretty much did all that stuff, including one that I did not know about. Uh, so yes. And it sounds like this is getting crowdfunded again. So along the lines, if it's any, Thing like the DS9 one is probably going to be a pretty good um, documentary once it comes out. Next up, did you see the document? You so you saw the uh, deep, the Deep Space Nine? Oh, absolutely! I saw right? it in theaters. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think I saw it streaming uh, or uh, is on. It's on YouTube now, right? It is on YouTube now, and yeah, you can buy it and you can still buy it on, on Blu-ray or whatever. But yeah, it's on YouTube with uh, free with ads. Right. So I think I watched this. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was good. I, I enjoyed it, but I'm also a fan of DS9, so that's a, you know that's. Probably oh, slight same, biased. Same, same. Yeah. Probably oh, slight next. biased. Um, the Notorious B.I.G. turns into hip-hop superhero in animated short for Netflix doc. So, again, going back to what we said originally at the show, March Life was uh, was uh, the anniversary of Biggie's death. Uh, but before that happened, um, on the 1st, uh, Netflix put out a documentary called Biggie. I got a story to tell, which I see people have been liking. Uh, it was good. I liked it. Oh, you already watched it? Okay, cool. Yeah. I had intended to watch it on the 9th, but didn't get around to doing it. So I'm definitely going to probably watch it sometime this weekend. Uh, it says here, the film looked back at the life of Christopher Wallace after his induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, fame in 2020 and of, ahead of what would have been his 50th birthday. Jesus. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. And CBR has says here that it can. That there's it shows a, how we are too. That's the problem, right? Right. I'm that's like, the worst part because when 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 Big was shot, he was only 24. Right. So. And I'm like two years away from where he would have been right now. Yep. Um, ridiculous. Uh, so yeah. So basically, long story short, there was an uh, animated short that uh, CBR has uh, shout out to Tim also for putting this one out. Um that um i don't know if this is it was this in the documentary at some point or uh, this, like... new, this is new to me which is okay. wild because i watched the documentary so i don't recall this i i have it up on mute on you know on my end just to look at the tr- at the uh the animated battle right so it's interesting so yeah so so I'm... I don't, I'm not listening to it so but it doesn't look like anything i've seen yet right so basically, uh, as, as this article says, uh, it's a film by a core team of black animators who imagine a young Christopher Wallace inventing the notorious big, big uh, B.I.G. in his bedroom as a hip-hop superhero. 
I did check out this, and it was a cool little short. Like it it's not long; it's only a couple of minutes, um, and it's kind of an almost anime style, but not really. Um, but it's worth a watch if you if you are so interested in either in the documentary or any kind of animated fashion. Because so, and it is basically uh, I can't I don't know if it's a song. What uh, I can't remember what song it was, or if it's a song that w one would know. But um, it's a good it's a good. Um, it's a good uh, little short. Definitely check it out with sound on. All right, it's that. It's yeah, the yeah, it's the freestyle. Yeah, it's the freestyle battle. Yeah, but yeah, definitely check it out, regardless. Um, and now we are going to move on to the comic book news. Wow, doubled up. Nice. Batman teases yep. a familiar face in cities, uh, Gotham City's new commissioner. We talked about this earlier um, with um, Batman's second son, but I didn't exactly... Actually, I might have said it. So as Rene Montoya becomes uh, becomes the mayor... I mean, it's not the mayor. It becomes... So basically, in two, she gets approached by the mayor to become the new uh, commissioner. In three, which came out this week, um, she accepts it. Spoiler alert. But again, like I said, if you read Future State, you probably already knew this because she was already in position. Next up. Alrighty, next up. So this is a spoiler alert um, from last week's Infinite Frontier number zero, which confirms the death metal resurrection of a major DC hero. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Major though? What's that? Major though? It depends on the branch uh, or the, 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 the part of the DC Comics universe you are a fan of. So if you follow, um, whatchamacallit, a certain uh, wave of heroes, or if you've been like one of those like ardent Titans followers where as I dropped off relatively early on and you followed it and you kept following it, um, uh, Roy Harper has seemingly revived from his earlier death as a result of his role in Dark Knight's Death Metal. So uh, it's not clear what's next for him, but he has been revived as of Infinite Frontier number zero. Major, though. Okay. Anyway. Uh, next up, uh, and don't at me. I know people like Roy Harper, so whatever. Um, Young Justice's Teen Lantern just hit a Green Lantern milestone. Uh, and this is, I guess, supporters from Green Lantern's... Um, um, I guess it's a backup story in Infinite Frontier Zero, or one of the stories in Infinite Frontier Zero, which I still have yet to read. Uh, the short story is uh, her, John Stewart, and Simon Baz. Well, Simon Baz and John Stewart take her to Oa. That's right. That, that's pretty much it. So that's cool. Uh, and if you know anything about the Teen Lantern, you know she pretty much hacked her way into her her powers, uh, and I assume that is probably why they took her to um to Oa, as this article kind of mentions. So that's good. That's cool. Hopefully nothing bad happened after that because I didn't read it, but I, I would suspect not. Next up. Or at least not yet. Well, right? yeah. Um, so Suicide Squad's new speedster makes kryptonite more lethal than ever. This is a spoiler alert for uh, Future State Suicide Squad number two. So apparently... Um, 
they introduced an aerosol version of green kryptonite that is incredibly fast acting and lethal to all kryptonians oof that's yeah. tough i know right you breathe that song and that's your that's your ass <laughs> which mm. i feel like wait didn't they do that in batman superman no comment i, I mm, move right along uh you know <laughs> comment i have no idea it's whatever Wonder Woman 770 begins, uh, which came out this week, by the way, begins a D&D style campaign with side quests, helpful characters, and a squirrel who's probably not a girl. Um, so, yeah, according to this, and this is an article that has a, um, an interview with uh, Becky Cloonan and um, uh, Michael W. Conrad, I believe, Uh on that, so you can go check that out for the article itself and find out what all if that if anything that was just said uh, appeals to you, definitely check that out. Next, next up, so uh, James Tinian the Fourth is introducing another new character to Gotham City. Tinian's already added characters like Punchline and Clown Hunter to uh, the ranks of Batman supporting cast uh, and Rogues Gallery, Rogues Gallery that is. Um, he's using April's Batman number 107 to introduce readers to another new character. Um, the character's name is The Gardener. Um, and it looks like she might feature some poison, uh, but apparently now Queen Ivy-ish traits. So, Wait. Um, when did Ivy become a this... queen? I'm sorry? When did Ivy become a queen? I don't know. That's what's in the article. Okay. Um, Various bat titles are planting seeds for a key poison ivy thread that's going to be playing out in Gotham across many titles in 2021. Okay. Judging by this top image, I can see people um, doing a cosplay of it. It's not going to be hard. (laughs) No, but, you know, there'll be some first, I'm sure. Um Nika's awesomely inexpensive 1989 Batman Batarang breakfast cut is back in stock. And I don't know why, but it doesn't really look like that. But I don't think I've ever gotten a close-up look of the Batarang from that movie. Shout out to the Batman 89 fans out there. I know one of you are out there. Uh, Batman fans, especially the ones that are fond of Tim Burton's 1989 film, uh, Michael Keaton, talking about Keaton are going to love this Batarang replica from uh, Nika. Uh, Started as a full-size replica that measures 13 inches long. It even folds up for easy storage in a bat suit. Uh, however, the biggest feature on this replica is the price, which is only seventeen bucks. Uh, and it's going to be sold at Walmart. Uh, and uh, after the launch, with an exclusive window back in oh, so I guess it's been out and oh, it was sold out at Walmart when it came out in February, but now it's back in stock. And Entertainment Earth has them if you want them. Uh, for shipment, and it looks like uh oh, they also have uh Batman Arkham City's Nightwing's uh, Excrema stick prop replica, which you can see if you're watching the video. Uh, it is uh measures twelve to eighteen twelve inches when retracted, and springs open to eighteen inches, and it's thirty five bucks. Also at Entertainment Earth, which I'm pretty sure this place has a, a sponsor with or something. Otherwise, they wouldn't be mentioning that so so heavily. Next up, all right. Uh, oh my goodness, Flash Gordon, Flash, 
Uh, there we go. And the Defenders of the Earth. Defenders of Earth, actually. Return with NECA. Uh, that's the other way of pronouncing the toy company, right? I know, but... Um, I know, I've heard both, so I, that's why I wasn't going to say anything. I was like, I'll just do it the other way. Um, so, uh, NECA has created three figures so far for Defenders of Earth, and each is packed with amazing articulation, detail, and accessories. They've already started to hit Walmart stores now, and uh, they have gone up for line orders from a variety of retailers. So this is the 35th anniversary of Defenders of the Earth, and wow, already? I know, right? And uh, goodness gracious. Each figure sells for $29.99 and can also be purchased as a bundle, purchased as a bundle for $89.99 for totally, the whole wave. That's wild. I totally have a sound effect for Defenders of the Earth, but I can't find it right now. So, you know, dun, 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 dun. Um, and also, um, I just recently watched a Toy Galaxy on Defenders of the Earth, which I already knew about it, but it's, sometimes those, you know, like uh, Toys, they, Toys How They Made It or whatever that show is, it's kind of interesting to watch. Uh, so you can check that out on YouTube if you feel so inclined. Next up, though, uh, speaking of action figures, 1980's Battle Beyond the Stars, which I know a lot of y'all folks won't know anything about, spawns new Sybil Danning action figure. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Battle of the Battle Beyond the Stars was an 80s movie, folks, if y'all did not know. like Specifically 1980, I believe. I can't remember. Yeah. Regardless, it was an old bootleg B-movie, sci-fi movie. This is one of the characters. Here's a figure for it. Uh, you know, uh, and people of a certain vintage will probably are freaking losing their minds right now, but only a certain vintage. Next up. All right, I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. All right. Uh, Baby Yoda is now a talking clapper nightlight. Really? It was bound to happen. There's everything else. The Baby Yoda diapers. So that's funny. Uh, so NECA... Uh, is putting out this uh, new Star Wars clapper. Um, it actually features a pretty cool um, sculpt of Grogu in his pod. And you clap twice to operate the appliance, like the classic clapper, or three times to turn on the Baby Yoda nightlight and hear these grief carga and the Mandalorian quotes from the show. Come on, baby, do the magic hand thing, and the kid is coming with me. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. All right. So before I move on, this is $29.99, available at Entertainment Earth. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me that if you clap, you don't get baby Grogu's cooing sound when he responds to Mando saying Grogu, and he goes, huh? Right. That's not what we get. We get grief, Karga, and Mando talking instead. Seriously? Ugh. Uh, to be fair, it, it does say the Mando. The man. Well, oh, I thought it said like. Um, never mind. I was about to whatever. Yeah. So this is the clapper, folks. Come on. W what are you expecting? I agree with you. That's a missed, a total missed opportunity. Um. They could have fit it in because all, if all they're gonna do is have two sound effects, they could have a short third one like that. Right, and it doesn't, and especially with memory these days. No, you could probably put a whole season of of quotes in there if they really wanted to. Um, but again, oh, no. there's also a, yes, a was... baby Yoda chia pet, mm -hmm. which you can see oh. if you're watching the video. Oh no! So yeah, you know the the brand is still strong. It's twenty bucks. That's and yeah, that's the thing. Um, 
Oh, and by the way, I don't know if y'all heard that or not, but that's, 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 that's the, I had to find it. The Defenders of the Earth. Anyway, this massive life-size Venom statue will set you back 13K. Um, when I originally read that, I was like, $13, that's not a much, but wait, no, there's, that's a K. That's not, those are zeros behind that, folks. If you ever wanted a lifestyle statue of Venom, I feel like we know somebody who probably does, uh, and just happen to have $13,000 burning a hole in, a, in, in your pocket, you're in luck. This October, Beast Kingdom is releasing a one-to-one uh, -one statue of Marvel Comics' Venom. Why? The LS078 um, Marvel Comics Yo, that Venom. that takes up a lot of space in your house. Yeah, is made from fiber reinforced polymer and comes in at a whopping 220 centimeters, just over seven feet tall. Good gracious. Uh, the statue comes with a stone clad uh, platform and an individually numbered plaque. Not to mention the hefty price tag of 12,900 USDs. Now, um, I would like to give a shout out to. Um, former guest of the show, Seek Donnelly, who is a noted Venom fan. Uh, and I am very curious as to know as he knows about this, uh, he, whether he would be able to get it or not. I don't know, but you know, um, that's ridiculous. If you're watching the video, you can see the, the, uh, a picture of it, the, of the thing right there, seven foot tall. Who, who good luck trying to move that in and out of your house. If you have to move next up, well, presumably you could take it apart. So. Presumably. Presumably. Alrighty, next up. It's oh, a build a figure. <laughs> it's a life size build a build a figure. Seriously. Uh Shop Disney gets an exclusive WandaVision Scarlet Witch doll. So that's another thing that we kind of skirted past. Mm -hmm. We get a fine we get the final uh, transformation of the Scarlet Witch over the course of the series into a very uh, kind of movie-esque uh, adaptation of her uh, comic book uniforms. Well, it's it's close to and, yeah. It is also close to recent the the uh, a most recent um um, but also probably no doubt ten, MCU tinged uh, comic uh, cartoon uh, yeah. uh, things. So yeah. Right, when I say movie esque, there's a certain aesthetic that no, they you're almost right. yeah. all have, mm -hmm. and it's part of how they're put together. And it definitely, this definitely carries that along. Yeah. So, in response to you know, as as, uh, as uh, WandaVision came to an end, there's a few things that they obviously didn't want to spoil, and um, luckily they did a good, they they did a better job here than with um, Baby Yoda stuff, having stuff ready to launch. They learned from Baby Yoda. They had stuff ready to launch as soon as the new look that Scar the the Scarlet Witch title being bestowed and and um, and Wanda's look being um, modified and updated came out. They had toys ready to go. Mm -hmm. So this is exclusive doll available on Shop Disney stands ten and a half inches tall and features twenty two points of articulation and is retailing for forty four ninety nine. There's also Marvel Legends out there, Diamond Select out there. And pops out there. There's lots of uh, WandaVision uh, merch out there now in the wake of the conclusion of the series. Yep, the stuff you've we've talked about and you would expect, including kind of this. Uh, also, Kim's Convenience has apparently been canceled. Um, yes, that's uh, yeah, that came out earlier this week. Yeah, bummer. 
even though I have not really watched enough of that show. Uh, Marvel's Avengers making major changes to XP and cosmetics. So uh, there is a new update that's coming on the 18th, which is next week, uh, and that's going to roll up a bunch of changes. I would not go through all of them now, but if you play that game, it should hopefully make some things better. The max character level has been up to 50, uh, and you can replay the story. Like it's uh, potentially replay the story, as I said, and hopefully, well, they're slowing down the grind for some stupid reason. I don't know why you would do that. Um, especially in that game, the way uh, it came out. But here we go. Uh, next up. Next up, uh, as we mentioned earlier, I don't think this that book was out actually this week. I didn't right. see it in the comic list. I have to check Diamond though. I think we might have gotten a preview of it. That um, that Captain America book that we were talking about, right? Uh, during reviews, but here uh, in the news section. Um, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, 2021 marks the 80th anniversary of Captain America's 1941 debut in Captain America Comics number one. To celebrate, Marvel's bringing all four modern wielders of the shield together in a five issue series titled The United States of Captain America. So that includes Steve Rogers, Sam Wilson, John Walker, and Bucky Barnes, who are going to set out on a road trip across America to recover the shield of Captain America, which has been stolen. Um, in addition to a framing story from writer Christopher Cantwell and artist Dale Eaglesham, the limited series will bring in an all-star lineup of diverse and extraordinary creative teams who will showcase brand new heroes inspired by the legacy of Captain America in each stop of their trip, starting with writer Joshua Trujillo and artist uh, Jan Baseldua, or Baseldua. Um This is uh, set to come out June 2nd. Mm -hmm. uh, they could have done without John Walker. Next up. <laughs> they could have put... I know Nomad wasn't an actual cap, I don't think. Uh, but still. They could have put Nomad in there. Anyway. In uh, potentially a bummer news, Luke Cage becomes a top cop for Marvel this, this summer. Uh, but you know where this is coming. I know. Right? I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, the 2021 event, Heroes Reborn, takes inspiration from the 90s event, and that's still a bummer. <laughs> Excuse me. And is going uh, going to include another 90s Marvel brand, Marvel Knights. This June's uh, Heroes Reborn American Knights number one reframes the loose assemblage of street-level heroes into a squad, squad led by Police Commissioner Luke Cage. That's right, Police Commissioner Luke Cage. Uh, still kind of a bummer regardless uh in this art reality of heroes reborn many of uh, marvel's characters have been tweaked and in some cases were transformed into new roles um and here the world's dominant superhero team the squadron supreme of america has put cop boss luke cage on the job of curtailing anybody from acting as vigilantes sounds for me in a couple of different respects especially given recent events or recent uh event um actually recent actual events in comic world i'm talking about future state folks and mm -hmm. outlawed <laughs> anyway next up next up uh hornet combines spider-man and iron man's tech against the king in black okay so this is the latest tie-in to marvel comics's king in black series mm -hmm. um it sees the return of classic marvel hero hobie brown aka the prowler now returning to active duty as the hornet really this is news to me 
Like, yeah, yeah. I was about I to say, no, no, you know, like, uh, uh, obviously, um, uh, Bill Cosby's lost a lot of shine, but uh, I, I have a it. distinct, you know what I'm saying? There is a distinct <laughs> correlation or connotation with a black character taking on the name of the title of the Hornet. You let me know if there is a reference to that. I'm not going to read it. Um, you let me know if there is a reference to it. That would be a missed opportunity <laughs> if they didn't do that. Also, even the logo kind of looks like the Brown Hornet thing. But it, it's a Hornet. What do you expect? Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. There's more to the story. Yes, Holy cow, is. I had to read. So writer Mark Bernardin, mm-hmm. you know, the Mark Bernardin of Fat Man Beyond, and artist Kyle Hotz's King in Black, Planet of the Symbiotes number 2, marks Hobie's superheroic debut as the Hornet. So this was so so when is this out? Was this out last week? Is this something I got to rewind and get back to? Uh, I think it was. Uh, maybe it was four days ago. So wait, hold on a second. Screw, 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 screw. Just checking my iPad now. Doesn't say right off band, or it could be glossing totally over it, but it's probably already out. What was the title? King in Black. Um, Planet. Uh, Planet of the Symbiotes number two. I don't see it in our files for last week. Maybe it's not out yet. Interesting. 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 Uh, While readers have yet to see Hobie in in action in the full Hornet gear, even the base suit was enough to repel and... and Uh, So, yeah. But it doesn't say when uh, this came out or, or when it will. Now I'm going to have to look for that. That's funny. Good luck. Next I got to see what the character looked like. Well, I mean, it's probably yeah. in the article. I didn't have the article up. So. Yeah, it, it, well, there is, an, there is an image. It's not a full body image, but yes, it is. There is an image. Not brown. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the point. They had to, <laughs> they're, avoiding, they're avoiding any copyright stuff, but... Right. Um, I mean, it's still spoiler. Wait, wasn't was, wait, wasn't Hornet one of the slingers? Uh, maybe. Remember that Spidey had Spidey had Yeah, it is, it is, yeah. it is. It is. Spidey he's taking on that, 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 that identity from from that that uh from that uh, slingers group. I vaguely remember that. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's, it's still spoiler cover colors, but yeah, so which I assume maybe it was it then. Also, I don't remember. You know what? Let's, let us move on. Um, Marvel. Saying it's just wild that you know they they gave it to uh, 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 what's call it? Uh, an established black male character. Mm-hmm. You know, I would. And like you to believe... have to be of a certain vintage to to get the reference. And I'm like, oh my god. Yes. Call him the you know the brown hornet. I, again, miss opportunity if they did not, and I don't know if that's gonna ever come up or it has come up because you. Have, I I assume you watch Batman Beyond often enough to where they would would have said something, right? I might have missed it. You know, they go very long like we do. Yes. So speaking to keep from doing that, so any longer right. than we already have it's official. Deadpool and Elsa Bloodstone um, apparently dating. Weird. Elsa Bloodstone is a monster hunter. Deadpool is a questionable, maybe not mutant anymore, who is the king of Monster Island or Staten Island, as you know, whatever happened with that whole thing. Um, and now they may or may not be dating, dating thanks to uh, Deadpool number nine, 
Weird. Next up. Next up, this is spoilers for New Mutants number 16. Um, apparently, the Shadow King now has the ability to swap multiple personalities between multiple bodies all at once by fusing his powers with no girl. It's part of that whole fusion thing that uh, has been uh, all the rage, the power circuit thing that's in uh, the Xbox. Mm-hmm. Fusion. Yeah, we, we mentioned this when we talked about New Mutant 16, but didn't get into the fact of, you know, his re- in his relation to how he affected folks uh, that was around with her powers or, or what he did. So, but that's the thing. Uh, the future of mutant kind is revealed in planet-sized X-Men. They are really going with these uh, adjectives. Or efforts, but I don't remember. Regardless, uh, this June, let me shut up. This June, the Hellfire Trading Company invites readers everywhere to the inaugural Hellfire Gala as they announce the first team of Krakoan X-Men to the world. Yes, that still hasn't happened yet. Um, and reveal the starting, startling plans that Mutant Kind has in store for the Marvel Universe. Uh, the highly anticipated comics event will unfold in the issues of your favorite ongoing X-Men series, as well as planet-sized X-Men. Planet Size X-Men. Um, a special double-sized one-shot from two of Mutant Kind's most masterful creators, writer Jerry Duggan of Marauders and Savage Avengers fame and artist Pepe Larraz of House of X. Uh, the Hellfire Gala, Gala, Gala rages on in one of the most pivotal, pivotal chapters yet in Jonathan Hickman's X-Men era. But even bigger things are afoot in a world away. Also, Rouge. Next up. <laughs> oh, Rouge. <laughs> All right. So you can see here in this article, Cindy Moon in action with uh, in, in Silk Number 1 by Maureen Gu and uh, art by – written by Maureen Gu and uh, with art by Takeshi Miyazawa. And, and I'm a big fan of Tak Miyazawa's art, so Same. it's good to see him back. Um, on a Marvel book. So March 31st, we're going to get Silk number one. So it is not far from now. So I am looking forward to this. And Roddy Cat is probably scrolling through some of the preview art for this book out in two weeks. Sure Make am. sure to add that to your pull list. Yeah, I want to catch up to... I, I know I've said this before, but, you know, um, Silk started in Spider-Verse, and I keep saying I'm going to go, go back and just go through the whole dude Dylan disease and go through her total stuff. And that's like, at this point... Is actually a little bit, uh, so that's probably not going to happen. Well, I still got a couple of weeks, but I, I kind of just wanted to do it just for just for my own sake, just for science. I, I like the character of Silk, even though I don't, you know, I haven't read too totally much of her. Um, outside of uh, Agents of Atlas and a couple other places. Next up, um, Heroes Reborn five through seven and Heroes Reborn one shot covers from Marvel Comics. Uh, let's see, so basically. Uh, let's see. On sale in June, the stories marches to its climax, uh, to a starting climax in Heroes Reborn 5 through 7, as the hero story and future of this world is unveiled. And apparently, there are, um, uh, well, there's at least one cover, which you can see here, uh, from Night Gwen. There you go. Um, and, um, I think there's some more covers, which I don't see in this article, but apparently they're, they're, um, oh yeah, here's the gallery down at the bottom, which you can go to check out in the article in the show notes for yourself. And they're also listening to stuff that's uh, coming around around that time. Next up. 
Next up, so uh, possible spoilers, but this is also part of the Heroes Reborn um, event this summer. Uh, Marvel announced uh, Heroes Reborn one-shot, this time paying homage to the night Gwen Stacy died. It's Heroes Reborn Marvel Double Action Number 1, written by Tim Seeley and, art- and illustrated by Dan Jurgens. The cover by Dave Johnson shows a reimagining of the night Gwen Stacy died with Falcon apparently meeting his tragic end and Nighthawk swearing vengeance on the Green Goblin. Ooh. Um, also, uh, Marvel Double Action and that aforementioned uh, Night Gwen and uh, that Luke Cage one also was in that last article um, um, that we talked about. So, there you go. Uh, WandaVision sends West Coast Avengers issues prices soaring. Um, slightly not surprising, but somewhat. Uh, throughout One Division, one of the most major influences on TV series has been John Byrne's relatively brief run on West Coast Avengers, Avengers West Coast, because that's when it changed the name to that. A run that later d- uh, directly influenced two other major works. <laughs> I almost thought that was a Force Works reference there, but okay. That in- inspired One uh, Division. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis and David Finch's Avengers Assembled, and Bendis and Olivier Corpel's House of M. Now those connections are leading to a sharp rise in the secondary market for the back issues of Burns Run, which makes sense, because that's where we got Blank Vision. That's right. Uh, the biggest beneficiary has been uh, West Coast Avengers for number 45, the introduction of the White Vision, which has been going up in value as WandaVision debuted and then took a sharp jump in price when White Vision debuted on WandaVision. I somewhere hopefully still have my copies of that whole run of West Coast Avengers. Uh, and if you can see from the article, from, from the video, if you're watching the video, then you should sometimes, dear readers and listeners, or dear listeners. Um, West Coast Avengers 42 is being shown right now, the cover of, which starts Vision Quest, which leads up into um, uh, 45 and in the introduction to uh, Blank Vision, White Vision. There you go. Next. Uh, WandaVision success also leads to a run on related comics, leaving Marvel out of stock for months. If you're jonesing for more WandaVision-esque action and looking for comics uh, for the answers, you might be limited if you want it in print. Marvel Comics has informed retailers that its four primarily WandaVision-related comics collections sold out at the distributor level back in February, and new printings will not be ready until the end of April. The Vision Complete Collection, Vision and Scarlet Witch, The Saga of Wanda and Vision, House of M, and Scarlet Witch by James Robinson, The Complete collection are all on back order with whatever copies comic shops and bookstores have now to be it until April 21st at the earliest. So that includes the Tom King and um, Gabriel Hernandez Walter series. That's the Vision Complete Collection. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to Marvel Unlimited, which is the, which is not a sponsor of the show, and read them. Right. For yourself at a measly price of 7 bucks a month. Um, that's not measly because, you know... Hey, hey. Anyway, I was about to say budgets or budgets. That's exactly. What yeah, that's what I, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> uh, but Yen Press licenses Bunko, Stray Dogs, Beast, more, and other manga. So, yeah, more manga um, on the way from Yen Press, including 
probably one of my favorite. Well, I can't say it's one of my favorite, but I do like Bunko Strange Dogs. It's the anime. I've not read the, the manga. Uh, but for 13 bucks in August, you can get Bunko Strange Dogs Beast by Kafka um, Asagiri and other folks. Um, if you know anything about Bunko Strange Dogs, you might be interested in this. And there you go. Uh, but that's also stuff that you can read in the article. Next. All right. It remains to be seen if God of War Ragnarok the video game is still releasing in 2021 as promised. Uh, however, fans can look forward to at least one new God of War project this year. Dark Horse Comics is about to launch its next God of War tie-in comic, Fall God. And IGN uh, in this article has an exclusive preview of the opening chapter. This f- aims to fill in a major missing period in the bloody career of Kratos. Okay. It's a four-issue miniseries. And that came out this week, I believe, that first issue, if I'm not mistaken. Because um, I feel like we did we did have it in our... Uh, or maybe not. It's Dark Horse, so we probably didn't have it. Yeah, I thought we got it, so maybe we didn't. Uh, I stand corrected. But regardless, it, it's out, it, it will be out there when it gets out there. Uh, cause, but, I do, but I do believe it did actually... Yeah, Wednesday, March 5th. So it did actually come out. We probably just didn't get it. Last uh, week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or this week, but yeah. March 5th, you said? No, March 10th. Oh, 10th. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Booms. Oh, you get the good one for last. Lucky. Yeah. Uh, Boom Studios will release an Ashcan edition of Magic Number no. 1. It's new comic in the universe of Magic the Gathering next week. Um, and I believe that is next week as of this week. Uh, no, that might be this week, actually. Uh, but again, we did not. I don't think we got that, did we? Boom, we should have gotten it. Because uh, I don't know how I missed that, if that's the case. But regardless, um, I, I will, maybe it'll be something on that. Uh, the company announced that Ashcan will be distributed uh, one per qualifying store. The Ashcan will preview the first issue and include exclusive back matter. Boom also revealed, uh, revealed four pages from the Ashcan, and it's in the gallery below of this article. If you're so interested in that... So I um, guess that's, so that's the Ashcan and not necessarily the series itself. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for that because you know I will probably talk about it if, if it's worth talking about it. Because I think that's a Jed McKay book. So yeah, looking forward to that. Last but not least. Wow, this is interesting. So we are getting a new <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game and it looks glorious. So um this game is in the works. It's going to be an old-school beat-em-up title in the vein of the 1989 and 1991 arcade titles. Now, people of a certain vintage will remember these classic beat-em-up side-scrolling games, and they were awesome. And this I one... wasted so much time. I cut class to play these games because they were around the corner in the newsstand in the back of like a dingy old bodega mm-hmm. in um, on First Avenue in Manhattan. And uh, I definitely was late to class or cut class because we were on a roll and like, you know, got like four people together to play. Mm-hmm. So, but um, but let me finish the news that we could talk about our our and reminisce about our experiences with this. Publisher Dotemu dropped the news uh, with the trailer that sent our that sent nostalgia through the roof. 
the video starts as a throwback to the original TMNT cartoon show before showing the full cast and some actual gameplay. The game is rendered with old school digital sprites, just like the original arcade titles. Uh, but more importantly, you and three friends can play as all four Ninja Turtles in the game. Um, the trailer also hints the turtles won't be the only ones fighting the evil villains. Mm-hmm. The video also depicts April, uh, April O'Neil beating up foot soldiers and then Master Splinter riding on a skateboard to take out a robot drone. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on. Uh, Dotemu plans on releasing the new TMNT game for PC and consoles. The upcoming game also has a page on stream on Steam, but for now, Dotemu has not announced the release date or price. Wow, I don't know if that's how they pronounce the name, but I'm gonna go with it also because I don't, I don't actually know how they pronounce. Because uh, I, I was saying that email, but I don't know. Uh, it's not. I was about to say, don't get me started. After after binging through Attack on Titan, I now can't pronounce the what usually was a pretty easy uh, uh, volleyball company name. And now it's pronounced a different way on the on, in the anime. So just I'm all messed up. It, it happens. But I watched this uh, trailer a couple of different times. Like, yeah, it definitely starts off with a with a cinematic uh, that you that you reference, and also goes into what looks to be some gameplay. And it looks like they're putting some love into it. Tribute Games did. Um, so Dot Emu was the publisher on that last Streets of Rage. Um, they didn't do the the dev work, but they did the publishing on it. Uh, worth noting on that, but that Streets of Rage one was good. The Tribute Games, who was doing this, did Mercenary Kings, which is uh, a lot of, well, not a lot of people, but I enjoyed it, and a few people enjoyed it. Kind of a, oh, uh, I don't know if it was like a 16-bit game or anything, but but it was pretty good, regardless. And if you watch this trailer, it looks like they're putting some love into this from 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 all tales from this trailer. So I am looking forward to checking this Joker out when it comes out. Uh, and Agent 70, definitely check out the, the trailer when you get a chance. I was just playing it while on mute, so... <laughs> I was just looking. I mean, the the, the beginning is, you know, the, the gameplay is towards the end. There's only maybe like 15, 20 seconds of it, but it looks so looks like so much fun. Yeah, uh, the only thing I had a problem with, with the trailer is the music. Like, they do ob- the obvious rendition of the, uh, the you know, of the uh, the theme, but it's, mm-hmm. it feels seems a little rushed. Yeah. Well, they're trying to fit in a lot. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess they're trying to hype people up, that's really what it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, it, it's enough to still get you nostalgic for it, but it's like, but I couldn't not notice it. Oh, yeah. That it was played at like a enhanced speed or increased speed? Well, no, it wasn't even an increased speed. It's just that it's a different re- rendition that's a little bit faster uh-huh. than the original version. I get it. I get it. In the way it goes off, but yeah, like I said, you'll you'll when you you'll check it out. I'm sure we'll we'll talk about it after the fact. But yeah, so that is that, and um, yeah, like Agent Seventy, I I plunked in a bunch of bunch of bunch of quarters uh, on the Turtles machine, including Turtles Turtles in Time. Now I think about it, uh, back in the arcade, back in the day. So again, looking forward to this when this comes out. No release date. That's right. I forgot about that. There mm-hmm. is a Steam page for it, and I know it's probably going to come to come to all consoles. Uh, but there's no, there's no, uh, firm date on it just yet. So I would assume by the end of this year, if I were to hazard a guess, but we don't know. Video games take time, unfortunately. They do, but depending on how far along they are, when, when they start talking about them, you know, you, you can, you know, given barring any, any other situations, you know, unlike COVID and like COVID, you know, 
you can put a pretty good time frame on them. Like if, if they're announcing it now, it's a decent chance it could be this year, especially with the couple of seconds of gameplay they got. But that's not necessarily saying that's true. Hmm. Um. So yeah, but that's folks is the last um the last um news bit for tonight. We got one more ad read. Our last ad read of the night is for Amazon. Help us keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment... That helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. Uh, As we come to an end of another exciting episode of this year's Comic Book Chronicles, thank you for sticking with us this long because we realize this is probably one of our longest ones yet. Yeah. Um, oh, we did late though. It's my fault this time. So we did start late. So sorry about that for anyone who was looking for our live stream today. Indeed. Uh, but uh, on that note, I have been Rodicat. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nozino on Twitter, CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PC underscore dirt on Twitter, popculturenet on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, and those umbrella sites therein. And uh, also, maybe possibly still bite under comic reviews. Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter, the Osiris of this ish. Um, you can also find him at uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Combo Chronicles um, Twitter account. You know, say, hey, how you doing? Uh, all that kind of good jazz. Uh, you can also find him at The Click Nation on Twitter. That's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, theclicknation.com. Um, and also, of course, Combo Resources, where he's over there writing his face off. You can find this here podcast on the phrase that pays, because I keep wanting to say that every time. I do not know why, but you can definitely find us on the Coastal the Podcast Network, that's cspn.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what happened there, but um, it's a slip of the mouse button. That's fine. Uh, but you can also find us here each and every, almost every, each and every Thursday night when we record live nine thirty ish p.m. We we do emphasize the ish sometimes. In fact, I had to do that recently, and <laughs> and now you know why. But um. 9.30-ish p.m. on youtube.com slash theclicknation or uh, twitch.tv slash chronicles. And thank you for folks uh, that came through tonight on the Twitch channel, by the way. Thank you. Hit like and subscribe. All that. All that. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, same bad time, same bad channel. Uh, for another episode of the Combo Chronicles. Uh, so with that, I say peace. Peace, one. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs>